0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Filmcast, a podcast about movies. I'm David Chen, and I went to see Black Panther Wakanda Forever this weekend, and I was dazzled by all the images on screen of those blue humanoid creatures with super strength that spent a lot of time underwater. And then the trailer for Avatar 2 ended, and the movie began. (laughs) (laughs) Joining me today is Devinder Hardwar. This week I saw a movie
1: about blue underwater people uh, fighting colonialists, uh, but enough about the Avatar
0: 2 trailer. Damn you, Dave. (laughs) And Jeff Kanata.
2: I, for one, am very glad that Marvel is continuing to make big budget entertainment about underrepresented groups, including people with wings on their ankles. Mm. I mean, they're important.
0: okay Okay. those are of course all vague and oblique references to the fact that today on the podcast we're going to be discussing black panther wakanda forever you can find more episodes of this podcast at the filmcast.com email us at slash filmcast at gmail.com uh and support this podcast at patreon.com slash film podcast uh and i also want to mention you you will be able to find us on uh YouTube and Twitter and TikTok at the Filmcast Pod. At the Filmcast Pod is where you can find us on those platforms, and uh, gonna be some cool videos coming to those uh, those pages pretty shortly. So uh, be sure to follow us on all those platforms. Okay, uh, before we get to our review of Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, of course we got some what we've been watching and some film news items to discuss with you. There is a very sad update that I wanted to talk with you guys about. That is over the course of the last week or so. Kevin Conroy passed away. Oh, man. So bummed. This is very, very sad. Kevin Conroy Mm -hmm. is best known for his portrayal as Batman uh, in various media, not just Batman Mm -hmm. the Animated Series. He's also in uh, Batman Arkham and the Injustice video games. He did a live action stint. They had like a little crossover thing, and he was there.
2: He's was the amazing. voice of Batman. He the is the Batman, definitive Batman to me. Yes. Batman voice, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I wanted. I wanted to just take a, a few minutes to reflect on his contributions to uh, you know, the Batman character. For me, uh, you know, it was a very one of my favorite activities. Like, was after school coming home and watching Batman the Animated Series. That was like one of my mm-hmm. first really meaningful exposures to Batman as a character. And he did such an amazing job in that role, um, making, you know, like, it's it's easy to forget there was a time when Batman was not like a super dark character, like a super mm-hmm. brooding mm-hmm. dark character. Um, he really made a version of Batman that I thought was uh, aspirational, mm-hmm. right? And that was, you know, it, like, it was fighting for good also like a little bit tortured of course he's got the tortures got to be tortured got to be tortured I mean, if you're batman he, but he is
1: yeah. post batman returns you know post tim burton batman 2 so there is like even less of the cuz even that had like a bit of gothic camp uh i love that the series was just like very much its own thing it was gritty in a way that was shocking for a kids cartoon at the time
0: yeah yeah uh jeff canada do you have any thoughts on batman the animated series
2: oh yeah i mean it was it was a huge deal um to see uh, as a kid um what I think what separated that show for me was as as a avid comic book reader, you know uh, uh, was handling that show but not making a show for kids mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it is mean, they a,
1: aired at prime time at the beginning yeah yeah it,
2: it's it's a it's it's got all the trappings of a kid's show, animation style very simplistic, you know uh clean lines um larger than life characters um but it did not talk down to its audience it wasn't Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it it wasn't gi joe and transformers Mm -hmm. it it, Mm -hmm. it was it it was really creating sophisticated interesting stories and um advancing the the mytho i mean harley quinn like is born of that show
1: Um, i I would uh, push back a little there jeff because the animation is not simplistic it's like in fact one of the best animated shows we got in the 90s because they really focused on aesthetics like there were there was a lot of communication between the animation studio and I believe it was like one of the Japanese ones that you know also did anime so this the show had a look and a yeah. definite vibe to it that really nothing else on TV did uh, even gargoyles was like pretty like really well animated and gothic a bit later but very different vibes like the darkness of batman the animated series is something we didn't really see in in cartoons at all yeah and just
0: just excellent art direction i think yeah what you're you're talking great style
2: yeah Yeah. you know a lot of that's bruce tim and and that that team but you know kevin Mm -hmm. conroy is such a big part of that indelible feeling of that character and like i said that is how batman sounds to me Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. for some reason his voice more than any other more than any and there's been so many versions of batman his voice is the one that sounds right that sounds like it should yeah. be what comes out of batman's cowl
3: mm-hmm. yeah. and
1: mm-hmm. how, how iconic was that show like it also solidified mark
0: hamill as the
2: joker mm-hmm. voice to me yeah. too so you yeah, know.
1: Uh,
0: a lot of people have taken to sharing kind of their favorite mm-hmm. uh kevin conroy performances uh, and one of the ones that went around on social media a lot this week was from uh, Mask of the Phantasm. I actually Such uh, a great cut, out, cut out a clip here. Um, this scene is Bruce Wayne in front of his parents' grave. Uh, he has found some, something to live for, someone to love, and does not want to be Batman anymore. Um, I'll play a clip from the show. Uh, this is from Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And this is the voice of Kevin Conroy. It doesn't mean I don't care anymore. I don't want to let you down, honest, but, but it just doesn't hurt so bad anymore. You can understand that, can't you? Look,
2: I can give money to the city, they can hire more cops, let someone else take the risk, but it's different now. Please, I need it to be different now. I know I made a promise. But I didn't see this coming. I didn't count on being happy.
0: That was Kevin Conroy as the voice of Bruce Wayne and Batman in uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And he really did imbue the character with this tragic nature, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, about...
1: he wasn't just a brooding, you know, dude. Like there was something genuine going on behind him, too. Right. And there, you really... there,
0: there's a mm-hmm. desire for happiness you know like which which is not something that that is seen in a lot of modern batman's like a desire for peace um and and you can sense these two things are at war within the character right so
2: anyway and and you can only hear that what he does playing Mm -hmm. bruce yeah it's a a very different different, yeah it's a very
0: different character than batman for sure for sure yeah Yeah.
1: shout out to him in venture brothers as well because he was captain sunshine there and he was like Basically doing a spin on himself too as Batman, so that was really fun. Like he knew how to like take the piss out of himself as
2: well. Then mm. another great clip that's been going around this week is the the episode where Batman sings. Like mm. um, I think it's mm. Poison Ivy that makes him, or maybe it's not Poison Ivy, but it, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's somebody makes him uh, <laughs> makes him sing. And evidently, Kevin Conroy was a, a very avid singer. And, uh, it was an opportunity for him to sort of marry those two things, his Batman voice and his, it's, amazing. And it's, it's quite an odd <laughs> scene, but it's so cool to look back on that and think about, <laughs> you know, clearly was written in because he's such a good singer. It's, yeah.
1: it's so, it's funny. I mean, I didn't even know most of his live action stuff. He was on dynasty for a while. Like this guy,
0: man, what a legend.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so young, only 66. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. I really appreciated everything that he did, and he, by all by all accounts, a great human being as well, is my sense. Um, yeah, but uh, he really helped to define the Batman character for me personally as a fan growing up, and and uh, <laughs> probably like has has therefore defined some of my reactions to the current incarnations of Batman that we've seen, you know. Um, But I really loved his depiction of Bruce Wayne and Batman in Batman the Animated Series and in all these other things. And so Kevin Conroy, rest in peace, man. Um, Really appreciate everything that he's done for our popular culture. All right, folks. Uh, There is one other thing I wanted to discuss before we move on to what we've been watching this week. Uh, James Cameron. I don't know if you guys know this. He likes to give interviews about things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and recently, uh, about eight days ago, he gave an interview to Total Film, uh, the magazine, about the Avatar sequels.
2: I'm so sick and of I'm so sick of magazines that aren't about the total film. You know yes. what I mean? Like that just talk I, about I, like I, the I freaking first hate third.
0: I freaking hate partial film. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jeff, like, yeah, that, yeah. First, that third sucks. film. Yeah, you
2: know, like. Uh, scraps of film, I, I, mm-hmm. all those. Are so, they just feel like a waste of time, you know? Like, somebody should really talk about the entire running time of a movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Jeff, I think that joke lasted about 10 seconds longer. It was a total
2: <laughs> joke.
0: All right, well, uh, James Cameron, in 99% of his interviews, uh, has been, from my estimation, very blustery. And and deservedly so. This is a guy that has proved every single one of his critics wrong again and again and again over the course of his several-decade career. And so if anyone deserves to put down the haters, it's James Cameron. But this interview with Total Film I thought was notable because it is the first time where he has shown any weakness, in my opinion. (laughs) Weakness. The the headline... The headline is, uh, James Cameron says Avatar 3 could wrap the series if the way of water bombs at the box office. Uh, So this is not like new revolutionary information. It's information we kind of already could have guessed, but it's shocking to hear Cameron admit to it. Okay? Yeah. So here's what he says. Quote, the market could be telling us we're done in three months, or we might be semi-done, meaning, okay... Let's complete the story within movie three and not go on endlessly if it's just not profitable, end quote. Um, So, yeah, the the, uh, Total Film article continues that the reported budget of all four Avatar sequels is around one billion dollars. And as uh, Cameron himself says, these are uh, hideously expensive movies, hideously (laughs) expensive movies. It was a sketchy business case before the pandemic to make a movie that cost that much. At this point, we just have to play it out and see what happens. But what I know right now is we're delivering three hours of a pretty much insane experience. Event. Oh, man, I'm so excited, <laughs> you guys.
1: Like, did uh, you
0: describe it that way?
1: You mm-hmm. oh, sound mm-hmm. like a
2: kid in a candy store. I cannot wait. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Oh, my God.
1: But I, was, I love his Neil Macaulay attitude. It's like, I'm, I'm
0: not going to get attached to this thing. I'm going to drop this franchise <laughs> at the drop of a hat. <laughs> Never... Be afraid to walk out on a billion-dollar franchise in thirty seconds pl- flat. If but you, you spend feel 10 market- years on. If- that you spent ten years on, if you feel the market forces around the corner, I think is uh, <laughs> uh-huh. an exact quote from Michael Mancita, yeah, The basically. thing
2: that that just chaps my hide is is that I know there are people out there that are rooting for that exact thing to happen, but I got news for you folks. Mm-hmm. I don't think that means James Cameron is like walking in and making a a different movie for you. He's like, he'll just retreat to his underwater fortress and live down there. That's what he Mm. does. Yeah.
0: I mean, when, what I'm waiting for, Jeff, is this abyss and true lies, Blu-ray, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. Sure. Sure, Apparently it's coming.
2: If only he had more time to work on that. That's, that's what it would be.
0: I mean, if it's, he has said it is coming for like years and years and years. uh, And I hope it actually does happen. But anyway, he, he says, quote, uh, why might it do the movies in? Quote, it's the one-two punch, the pandemic and streaming. Or conversely, maybe we'll remind people what going to the theater is all about.
2: Maybe, this, this just film... maybe, we will save movies again. <laughs> this...
0: <laughs> this film definitely does that. The question is, how many people give a shit now? End quote. Uh, and these, these are all the questions I, David Jen am asking you know like pandemic and streaming has laid waste to uh theatrical box office in some ways um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but and now, now
1: we're spending a billion dollars on tv shows you know for amazon so true every mm-hmm. everything's topsy turvy now <laughs> yes that is correct they're not even going underwater in lord of the rings okay I mean, yeah. how
2: do you that, spend no that kind of money bands. above the surface of the water <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: um but yeah i just uh anyway these are questions i had but i never expected james cameron would would have those questions and admit to it right um but it it does seem that if way of water bombs or doesn't do well i don't even know how they're going to release the third one like yes they'll still you know they'll still release the third one because it's already done Mm
3: -hmm. um Mm
0: -hmm. but they'll probably scale back on the marketing for it is my guess right and then four and five will just never be made which is Pretty astonishing to contemplate that possibility. Like, uh, yeah, this is—we are just at such a unique moment in time right now, as we're recording <laughs> this right now. We're in the Schrodinger's avatar, basically, of like
3: this man, maybe
0: it's going to be a massive hit, or maybe it will bomb. Uh, maybe it will do somewhere in between. But like, the future of the Avatar franchise hangs in the balance—both
2: alive and dead. The tiny mm, blue cat indeed, in the box. Um, mm. This man <laughs> is coming to us, bringing us. Mm-hmm two decades of his life's work mm-hmm. the bluest people you'll ever see and all mm-hmm. all he asks <laughs> is for you to buy a ticket and leave your house that's mm-hmm. all he asks mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: well how uh, dare we how dare we not even
0: who are we to it? say no who are we we're to say also yes. in the
1: middle of a triple pandemic right now so this winter sucks <laughs> not not a great time unfortunately
0: mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i don't know but yeah i mean Jeff, do you have a you want to you want to make the prediction? You want to? you uh-huh, think it's gonna? Uh-huh. Do you think it's gonna go? I have Avatar been making 5? the
2: prediction for ten years. You guys, mm-hmm.
0: we're going all the way to Avatar five. You think, right? Yeah. Okay.
3: Mm.
2: I, think I, Avatar, I, I, I think Avatar. I think Avatar two is gonna do gangbusters. I don't know if it's mm-hmm, gonna be mm-hmm. the biggest movie of the year. I don't think. I don't know if it's gonna be the biggest movie of the all time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's gonna do very very well. And if anything, as I always say, Dave. You know, you know, you know, my, my famous catchphrase.
0: Yeah. If there's no the in the wave water, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. that. No, no, no. The other famous catchphrase, <laughs> hopefully China will save us.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you're right. No, that's yeah. definitely going to help. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is interesting. Like China was such a huge part of avatar one success. Whereas in the la in the intervening decade, they basically have stopped playing most American films in China. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so uh, I don't know that Avatar Two will get a China Chinese release. Here's another thing, guys. Don't you think it's really, really weird? Like, do you think it's just a little bit weird that within six weeks of each other? One of the largest entertainment companies in the world is going to release two films that have underwater blue people in it. Like, it, isn't it? It, isn't it, is, like a it is a little weird. It's, yeah. uh, yeah. it's a bit of a
2: bummer, honestly. It's <laughs> a bit of a bummer. When I saw those blue people crawl out of the water, uh, <laughs> first time in Wakanda forever, I was yeah. like, hey man, why don't you go back in the water for a second?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be like, we were here first. Okay. Okay. Pandora
2: people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nabi. You're back our style.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. I it's just it's just a little coincidental. It's a little mm-hmm. coincidental, mm-hmm. and I think it it does create some interesting uh, marketing challenges. For the can government.
1: can I throw a prediction out here? By the way, throw a prediction, out, to yeah. Because I don't I don't want Avatar two or three to fail, Jeff. And and like unless like what what you're thinking, you know, I'm not wishing for that. I do kind of wish four and five don't happen because. <laughs> <laughs> because give, give us this man is not going to be here forever. I would love for James Cameron to do something else with his time, like with his remaining time, even if it's like going into his, you know, underwater fortress. But I, I can imagine two doing very, very well because there's so much pent up demand for this thing. And three is going to get some her from that. But if it doesn't do as well, I can also see the studio being pretty afraid and being like, OK, whatever the plot was for four and five, that will be a CG TV show, you know, a couple of years later. That doesn't Indeed. sound good to me. I, I just and then James Cameron could do literally anything
0: else.
2: But I don't think life. he would. I don't think he's going to yeah. be like, wow, I really, you know, I didn't get to make those last two Avatar right. movies. Now I' going to make this indie movie. I don't think yeah. that's what he's going to do.
0: Yeah, Devendra, I think you. I think you need to accept James Cameron in his fullness, in the fullness <laughs> of his personality, and the fullness of his personality saying. I love Pandora and this is where I want to to see more blue people. This is where I literally want to spend the rest of my life. I'm I'm (laughs) not even joking. Like, and so, yeah, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm on Jeff's side on this one. It's like, it's not as though if these don't work, you know, James Cameron's going to make like Terminator six or whatever, you know, like he is going to, there are other things. He might be creatively, he might just say like, you know what? I'm not going to make movies anymore. Like I'm done with this industry. Like that, that might be what he does. So, and maybe you're saying that's a perfect outcome. I would outcome, say that, but that, that's <laughs> also fine, too. I think the world will survive without Avatar 4 and
3: 5.
2: Why would you want to give up two more movies, regardless of, of whether you like the IP or not? Mm-hmm. Two more movies from this guy. If, if the mm-hmm. idea is two more movies or not two more movies, I'll take two more movies.
0: Sure. I mean, some people would argue, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. I did during our Avatar review episode, that you know what one could argue that uh avatar is a force for bad in the universe jeff you know like one (laughs) could argue that um if uh maybe
1: my my mind will be changed after i see how two kind of goes but rewatching one is like I, i i could do a couple more movies of this guys okay but unless we have like a dramatically like more interesting narrative and more interesting characters and something that's basically not
0: uh, the basic plot we've seen so many times like yeah I, I, I don't know I'm so curious what the more. plot is like <laughs> I'm so curious what the plot's gonna be of Avatar two. I'm so curious like if it if and how it will be in dialogue with the plot of Avatar one in any way. All the stuff we brought up in our Avatar review. Like mm-hmm. there's all this mm-hmm. stuff that's I'm just like is Avatar two gonna address any of it? So anyway, mm-hmm. I, I, it's just so fun. You know, we're like waiting for Christmas presents sure, right sure. now, right? Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. So yeah. It's just fun this to is, kind of reflect on it a little
2: bit. This, is an, this yes. is an amazing moment. This is an amazing moment. And I honestly I could be disastrously wrong, but Mm. I I truly believe in in the in my core and
0: have been many times. With
2: with an an, a nearly religious certainty (laughs) that you guys are gonna love this movie. I think I think this movie is gonna blow our friggin' minds. I I don't Mm -hmm. think this is
1: a big bet, Jeff. Like just yeah. there's a lot of stuff going to this that makes it a, a good hit and we'll probably like it. I'll probably like
2: it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll
0: see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm so. I'm so curious. I'm so curious. Anyway, uh, that is a bit of the film news that's been going on this week. Uh, Let's take a break for a sponsor. We'll be back with our what we've been watching.
2: Hey, it's time for me to tell you about our sponsor. Quip. Are you like me? When it's time to go to the dentist, you quickly floss and try to try to make up for the uh, months of time that you haven't been doing your oral hygiene care. Uh, you you just you you try to fool him. You try to fool the dentist. Like that's gonna work? Well, guess what? Quip, Quip, our sponsor, Quip, and now is now making it easy to stop lying to your dentist. Don't lie to your dentist. Build better habits and try feel good flossing with their new rechargeable cordless flosser. This thing is a marvel. It hits all the right spots with gentle or deep clean pressure at the touch of a button and it has an extra wide lid that fits right under the faucet and fills up in seconds so simple so easy the cordless rechargeable battery lasts up to eight weeks with daily use no bulky charging dock or tangled cords and it blasts away plaque and popcorn i'm you know yeah, I like, I like watching uh, the movie with the popcorn. I like having a popcorn. I'm a big popcorn fan. You got to blast away those popcorn bits that stick in your... Oh, man, I don't like those bits. They got that precision blast thanks to a 360-degree rotating magnetic floss tip that snaps into place. It's so cool. Easy-to-control water flow that leaves you feeling squeaky clean, even if you've been eating popcorn as every meal like me, uh, sleek and slim enough to keep your countertops as clean as your teeth, and they've only—it's only five dollars for the replacement floss tips shipped to you every three months to keep things flowing smoothly and prevent mineral deposits from building up. Trust me, take the plunge into feel-good flossing. Go to getquip.com/slash/filmcast right now for your first refill. On floss tips, brush heads, and more for free! Free! That is spelled G E T Q U I P dot com slash F I L M C A S T. Quip the good habits company.
0: All right, folks, let's get to what we've been watching. Um, let's start with Devendra Hardware. Devendra Hardware, what have you been watching? Sure, I've been checking out Tales of the Jedi on Disney Plus because
1: we. We can't get enough Star Wars, guys, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we just gotta gotta get more. Um, I was not uh really following what the show what the show actually would be, but it's a, uh, it's a really interesting series of short episodes. It's not like um very long episodes, some are like 15 to 20 minutes long, but it dives into characters we've seen before in the movies and uh in the various animated series. Um the first episode gives us a sort of like um infant origin of Ahsoka Tano. Um, and also the the next few episodes follow Count Dooku, who I don't, I've not heard that name in a while. I haven't really thought about him very That's much. That's a name
2: I haven't heard.
1: I haven't heard in 20 years. Uh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it does some really interesting things with the character and also like sets up Dooku as a guy who's like, you know, maybe the Jedi kind of suck. Maybe, maybe we are, shouldn't be spending our time uh, protecting the Senate elite uh, while uh, many of them are, like, robbing the people and not actually taking care of their citizens. It makes some really interesting points. I think the animation is also really good. They are nice, bite-sized little bits of Star Wars. Um, I would say it's worth checking out if you haven't really seen any of the animated shows because I found them – I don't know about you, Jeff, but I found them to be really tough to get into because there are so many of them. Mm. Uh, The Clone Wars show has so many freaking episodes. I've heard from a lot of people. You could just skip whole seasons of that show (laughs) or just like pick and choose. It is so complicated. And Mm. also I've tried watching that show at the beginning. I just didn't. I hate the way it looks think the animation is really stilted and ugly um I, i've got a lot of things going against those anime shows maybe i'll check them out at some I kinda, point I, mm-hmm.
0: I mean i kind of want to prevent the huge flood of emails that's about to come in right now to slash filmcast gmail.com but mm-hmm. a lot of people have said the clone wars is excellent right so yeah, right. People, I, i'm not denying that <laughs> i'm saying i have tried and i
1: don't like it Mm-hmm. But what this show is doing is, uh, they're bite-sized. The animation is very good. Clearly, like they had more time and more of a budget to p- to put towards this. Um, the, the thing that really gets me with cheap CG animation is just I don't I don't connect to it because the faces don't move very much, there's very little expression, and things just tend to look cheap. This show looks nice it looks very like high level um basically an upgrade over their most recent tv shows i think uh you've got some anakin skywalker here you've got some like great background stories i think it's worth checking out especially if you're watching andor and loving andor but like you know miss a lightsaber or two show me a lightsaber now and then i do like lightsabers people are talking about like oh man Andor's amazing because you never see a lightsaber <laughs> I, I kind of like lightsabers. I think they're very cool.
2: <laughs> if only there was some place we could find lightsabers yeah, on Disney+. Yeah, Plus. Yes. Well,
1: someplace new, you know. Um, anyway, the <laughs> show is good. It's worth checking out. And they're all like, um, the episodes are like tangentially connected too. So they fill out uh, background for characters we've seen before, but also tell us some new stories too. So I dig it.
0: All right. That is Tales of the Jedi. It's streaming right now on Disney+. Plus. Devinder, what else have you been watching?
1: I've been watching a show. Called Tulsa King. What what comes to your mind when you hear the title Tulsa King? Uh
0: I think uh well the city of Tulsa is in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. So I think of like a local mob leader okay. in Tulsa, okay. Oklahoma. Is that right? <laughs>
1: what, what what if that local mob leader was uh Sylvester Stallone? Heck yes, sign me up. Playing a former mafia capo from New York City. <laughs> Who who is like a fish out of water in Oklahoma? Wouldn't mm. that be hilarious?
0: Wouldn't it, it be? It sounds hilarious.
1: It's uh th- this is a new show. Tulsa, on, um, what? Tulsa, what? This is Tulsa? the latest uh, series from Taylor Sheridan, and I I have liked many of Taylor Sheridan's movies. I've given Yellowstone a chance. I haven't really talked about it here. Um, I think this guy is like really really interesting. I do feel like with Tulsa King, we're like seeing the ideas he had. In his like desk drawer, from a decade ago, you know, before he really hit it big. Like, what what else? What else do I got here? I got New York, New York mobster going to Oklahoma. That'll really that'll really work with the the you know the flyover states. This show is is, um it is very much a dad show that is not doing anything new. But if you want to see Sylvester Stallone beat up a couple of dudes (laughs) as a seventy six year old man, you know, if you want to see Sylvester Stallone um uh, still still get the ladies um and watch them be horrified once they realize how old he is which
0: does happen <laughs> in the show um you can watch Elsa kick wow I, I mean i'm so curious a divindra why you decided to watch this and b why Jeff coincidentally also yeah, watched it? Why, I'm
1: more interested in the Jeff part. Um, I was basically forced at gunpoint because our friends at Extra Hot Great uh, wanted to review this uh, this series. And I was like, okay, I can, oh yeah, I'll yeah. check out the new Taylor Sheridan, and I'll be recording with them soon. We'll go deep on the show. Um, I was like I, I can't go wrong with Taylor Sheridan, right? <laughs> Generally, there, there's a certain level of quality here. This show is not terrible, but it is like aggressively mediocre in the way that my dad will probably enjoy it, but it doesn't do anything new and man does it feel like a script that was uh written long long before taylor sheridan really like honed his chops
0: yeah i mean taylor sheridan had has probably one of the best Mm -hmm. first three written movies whatever three screenwriting credits yeah ever like one of the best three film runs ever which is sicario hell or high water and wind river Mm -hmm. like that is an amazing three credit run uh and uh, he's doing other things now. He's doing uh, a lot of shows. Like well, TV is
1: doing very well for a it.
2: Massive hit. Yes, Yellowstone yes, yes. is a massive hit. It's got so two big. spinoffs. So and, big, and mm-hmm. it, it has become you know with uh, uh, Kevin Costner, it has become the he he has become single handedly. Taylor mm-hmm. Sheridan is the the person that aging white actors go to mm-hmm. to be in <laughs> the center of attention again. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. See also Harrison Ford. See also. Uh, uh Sylvester Stallone like mm. this is this is his MO he's like i take take the old mm-hmm, white mm-hmm. actor <laughs> yep and make yep. him awesome again
1: he can, he could even get uh Tom Hanks into his things secretly so hey
2: uh, I'm, Jeff I'm Canata, kind of you i excited to see I I'm, I'm excited to check out 1923 just cuz Harrison Ford. It,
1: it it's kind of interesting yeah
2: yeah um what's the other one he got one other one that also has another aging actor in it what is it
1: I mean, is there, Are you thinking of the other prequel, eighteen eighty-three?
2: Yeah. What is who's, who's in he's that a, one? He's just
1: pitching numbers now. Is TV yeah. shows?
2: <laughs> yeah. That's Sam Elliott. Sam. Uh, I thought I thought that was somebody else. Anyway, Tim McGraw. He's not aging. I yeah. also uh, I also checked this out because I think you guys may have picked up on this. <laughs> Uh, at, at some point, uh-huh. <laughs> I am sort uh-huh. of secretly a Sylvester Stallone stan. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's something about I, I really about him. wonder
1: how this tested your faith.
2: Yeah, I don't know why. It is something about Stallone. I think you can recall our review of Samaritan, mm-hmm. which is a bad movie. But there's something. I don't know what it is about me. He's got
1: I gravitas.
2: I like find he, him watchable, man. Yeah, I find yeah. him charismatic and fascinating to watch, especially now where his like his body doesn't even really work anymore, you know most of his face doesn't work he anymore. can't move he it's, can it's, barely move oh, you feel, man. I mean I, it's just there's so much that he brings just walking <laughs> into a room um I agree a hundred percent that this this show is aggressively mediocre uh, it is it, it is not good. um but he I, you know, a, I watch, he's
1: entertaining to watch. He is, I will give
2: you that. He is yeah. watchable, dude. Like, and him being like a a, a grizzled, uh, experienced <laughs> Mafia Don, who literally the beginning of this of this show, he gets out of prison where he's been for 25 years. Uh-huh. So, like, <laughs> there's a shot, this will explain the tone of this show and explain why DaVinci calls it a dad show. There is a shot at the beginning of this show.
1: His drive through New York? Yeah, he's driving. Oh, he's man. driving.
2: He's in the back of a car being having been picked up from mm-hmm. the airport and being driven. And we see a shot from his POV through the car window <laughs> of people, more than one, two or three people, standing on the street, on the sidewalk, outside of a building, mm-hmm. with Oculus headsets on. <laughs> He, there, there are people on,
1: um, electric skateboards or like, um, almost like Segway type things. There's a soul cycle class happening outside these scenes, by the way, like he's clearly being filmed inside of a car, you know, that's like yeah. in a studio. He, he's not. This yeah, is not He just has to react to nothing. Do. He has no idea what he's reacting to. <laughs> it, is, it is a series of disconnected shots. Yeah, he just has. He New just York. like shakes his head.
3: <laughs> just shakes he no <laughs> idea what what the, the shot that he's re- reacting
2: mm-hmm. to is. But have you ever? Have either of you ever? You guys are both tech people, uh-huh. video game people. Uh-huh. Have you ever driven down the street, looked outside, and seen not one but three people with Oculus? You know, meta quest no, headsets no, on gesticulating I have seen people speculating wildly on the sidewalk. I've seen
1: people do it on the subway when the <laughs> quest first came out. That was a thing, but not on the sidewalk because people are not dumb. I will tell you the like, moment.
2: Look how crazy this world has gotten while you were in prison.
1: <laughs> the moment, Jeff, that this show kind of like lost me and I was kind of like, oh, this is not you're just not being serious is when you see Dominic Lombardazzi from uh, from uh, The Wire. Right. Yeah. A. A. Uh, a famously bald man. Okay. Yeah. In everything you've yeah. ever seen him in, you yeah. see him with the, the worst, worst wig. goddamn wig. You've the ever seen him. Like, oh, you can't even, you're not even taking me seriously as an yeah. audience member. I can't take you seriously. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't even Fulcical. understand
2: why they needed to have him with hair. It doesn't Amazing. mean he would have been great. It would have been much more appropriate for his part. To, like, he, cause he, I don't know. Anyway, I, I mean, not, all- not,
0: not to not Jeff, not since Brooks Hatlin, uh emerged out of uh, shawshank into a world of cars <laughs> yes, has yes. there been a prison leaving scene that affected it's so <laughs> right, it's, it's
2: it really just sums up what the world is like right now you know yes mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. the the uh the thing about that that wig too is you go it makes you look at stallone's hair and go is that yeah is that
1: real too um, real. i mean nothing is real on stallone at this it, point so yeah. dude but
2: okay so I've watched episode one of the show, mm-hmm. which literally the entire plot of the first episode is Mafia Don gets out of prison, goes to t- Tulsa. There's basically exile to Tulsa. Yeah, He's there's like, an entire take, take care scene of me. where the yeah. mob says, oh, I'm giving you an entire city. Which is not true because he's just like, set, he could have just driven to any city and done the exact same thing he does, uh-huh, uh-huh. giving him the city. He's the only one there. This doesn't <laughs> make any freaking sense.
1: Anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then like at the end, he's like, well, guess I might as well go to Tulsa.
2: Even though I'm very yeah, pissed yeah. about this. Outcome. There's an entire scene where he's like, I, there's no way I'm doing this. I'm going to punch somebody in the mouth. Uh-huh. I, there's no way I'm doing this. And at the end of the scene, he's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> it's, there's I no, guess I'll there's no post reason that he changes his mind. Other than they're like, we'll give you $5,000 a week.
1: Anyway. but the No, whole- no, no. He has to pay five thousand dollars a week that is what he is (sighs) he has to make he has to (sighs) earn to pay back up to them i will uh, the the other funny thing is this show just doesn't give a fuck about logic like plot logic or anything like on his drive away from the airport where he finds the taxi man who will become his new like sidekick buddy he's like he drives by a dispensary and he's like what what is that and just goes in and makes the dispensary like plot a major plot point yeah, he's going to be earning the, money from the like, entire just the thing the, on the side of the road. That's all the it entire is. Yeah.
2: plot of this first episode is this guy is such a mafia guy. He can just go wherever he wants and mm-hmm. do anything he wants. And the joy of the, of watching it as an audience member is, Oh my gosh, look, he can just do whatever he wants. <laughs> but by the end, everyone knows he's there. Everyone, the FBI yeah. knows who yeah. he yeah. is. Yeah. It, there's no, it like, I'm having a hard time articulating this, but he doesn't do anything special. There's no, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's no reason it had to be Tulsa. There's no reason it had to be him. There's no, it's literally like the, 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 let's throw a dart at a map. You go there and steal money from people. Mm -hmm, And he mm -hmm. just walks into a place Punches somebody in the mouth and takes their money. and, and it's tells
1: like, Martin Star we're we're business partners now. Yeah, you
2: can do that. Owns, yeah, there's no you can do that any if that works, which there's no reason it should, <laughs> because Martin Star, no one calls the police. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. <sighs> Anyway, very watchable though, because, uh, <laughs> because still still of I, I will not be continuing to watch Tulsa King, but um, I did get a kick out of the, watch that first episode. He is, he's chewing scenery, dude. He's having so much fun <laughs> to see him play a badass mafioso. It, I, 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 I was tickled. Like he, he's doing it, you know, and he's like not taking himself too seriously. Like you said, there's literally a woman mm-hmm. who's like, I thought you were like a hard fifty, and he's like, "No, I'm 75. She's like, oh, "I'm throwing up in my mouth." He's
1: and like, "Keyword is hard, right?" Yeah, because that's, that's all that matters.
2: What she says, it's it's uh, it's really something, man. It's really yep. something. this show. I don't know where it's going, but I I'm not going to watch.
1: <laughs> I, I I'm just like, what are what other ideas does Taylor Sheridan have, like written on a napkin that could be turned into a you know star star driven TV yeah. show? Because we're gonna see a ton of them.
0: Do you guys ever feel like Paramount Plus, which is where Tulsa King can be found, kind of has the store brand version of other shows? Like um, sort of, yeah. There is a show called Mayor of Easttown on HBO Max. And there's literally a show called Mayor of Kingstown on Paramount Plus. Which I uh, also, also a Taylor Sheridan show. <laughs> I know Mayor is spelled differently in that yes, show, yes. but um, it's just kind of like, oh, it's, you're, you're kind of like these like store brand. This is the Kirkland signature version.
1: Of one MFHBO. of those. Sorted. One yeah. of those
2: is a Jeremy Renner show, right? That's right. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I but also,
1: I, I will not diss Paramount Plus because uh, it is the home of many Star Trek shows, which I know you guys have seen and enjoy, and, or at least and like players. the cartoon. Yeah, and players, players. and also the Good and, Wife and the Good Fight, and, and Evil. the documentary
0: uh, Ascension, which is a very not very many people have seen, but is also it's a very good. Uh-huh. um But uh-huh. yes, they have a lot. Of, they have a lot of good stuff on there. They have a lot of money too. Like they're they're
1: spending money on the big stuff like Star Trek and everything, but also the Good Fight just ended, so there is good stuff there. You know, Evil's still fantastic. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's Tulsa King. It's on Paramount Plus. Obviously, it's the main event of this episode of the film (laughs) um but what else to be watching this week just quick shout out uh i have
1: been checking out a new transformers show which exists for kids it's called transformers earth spark and uh i started watching this because my daughter saw tiktok in which uh a real an optimus prime toy apparently this thing actually exists it's like 500 or 600 but you can give it voice commands and it will transform it will turn from Optimus Prime semi-mode to Optimus Prime robot mode. And she was just like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And she is now all aboard Transformers. So rather than get her started with, uh, with like the original show, which some of my friends have done, we're like, okay, I'll check this, this thing out. And uh, this is set, um, it's a modern day show about a new species of Transformers um, who are trying to like find their place in the world. And also... Also interesting, which I did not realize, um, there's a new voice for Optimus Prime, and that is Alan Tudyk. And I'm very – like, I like good cartoon voices, as we just talked about with Kevin Conroy. I think Alan Tudyk's doing a great job. He's doing a great Optimus. Uh, Danny Puddy's in this as Bumblebee as well, like some great cast people. Diedrich Bader's in here um I, I think it's a really fun show and a really like good introduction of transformers to kids it also like dives into the history of the original series so there are times where you will go back to like animation from the original show um kind of like uh i don't know like a uh, glossed up to look a little fancier um but it is interesting it's transformers so if you've got a kid you want to get them into transformers like you grew up with this is not a bad place to start
0: all right that's transformers earth spark and davindra where is it playing Yes. Uh, g- par- guess. Also Paramount Plus, I think. Also Paramount wh- Plus, who baby. owns the Transformers, uh, the yep. Transformers stuff. Okay. Yep. Well, that is what Devinder Hardwar has been watching this week. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back with more of what we've been watching.
2: This episode of the Filmcast is sponsored by Better Help. Boy, I sure wish life made sense like a movie. Or if it came with a user manual, something to make sense of things. But unfortunately, that is not the case. So when things aren't working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or boy, becoming a parent. My goodness, overwhelming. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you, or think of it as a a narrator in a movie helping you figure out what's next. It's like Ron Howard (laughs) in uh, Arrested Development. Well, BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. This is something I find so valuable, and I think you might be able to too. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists. Available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can just easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash filmcast. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T. All
0: right, let's move on. Jeff Kanata, what have you watched this week?
2: I've been watching this show called Tulsa King, I want to talk about for <laughs> <laughs> incessantly long time. Um, <laughs> but also, also, mm-hmm. uh, last week, uh, previously on the Filmcast, uh, last week, David Chen... Told us about a movie that he was watching in this same exact section, the what you've been watching section. Uh, He called it uh, a movie that he did not enjoy, but he Mm. thought I would and he was certain Devendra would. Yeah. Uh, This is a movie called After Sun, which I believe is getting a lot of really good yes. reviews uh,
0: like rapture it like rapturate. so many people yeah. i i respect and like have said like this is their favorite film of the year um, and so
2: there's nothing that gets me to run out to the movie theater more than dave going i didn't like it i like think <laughs> jeff will
0: i think somebody somebody
1: more attuned to good movies yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> huh uh-huh. So uh, so that's exactly what happened As I rushed out mm-hmm. to the movie theater yeah, uh, yeah. to take in After Sun. Yes. And I highly recommend this movie mm. to people that hear somebody say, Hey, I've got some vacation videos. <laughs> you want to watch them? And they go, Yes! But you're va- oh, especially, are you a stranger that I've never met before? Can I watch your vacation? I want yes. How many hours of vacation videos do you have? That person, if you're that person who's like, yeah, oh, dude, did you just set up a camera while you were on vacation and, and record it? And I don't, I don't know who you are and I have no context. Yes. Let's turn it on. Let's project it damn jeff damn i was i was
0: so measured in my critique of this movie but you're just freaking taking think, a think to it man i think wow. the last
2: two to three minutes of this movie yeah. are amazing mm-hmm. i really do mm-hmm. i think the last mm-hmm. two to three minutes of this movie are beautiful they made me tear up the last two to three minutes
0: <laughs> this seems to be a trend jeff mm. that like You've been, there's many movies where you're like, well, the preceding two hours was not good. Is but it, the do final- I say that? I
2: don't remember saying I mean, that. Yeah, there's, been, there's winner, been a couple of examples in yeah. recent
0: days where you're like, oh, but like the mm-hmm. final five minutes made it completely like. Um, no, I don't. I'm not saying it made it worth it. I'm saying the
2: last two to three <laughs> sure. minutes, <laughs> sure, are beautiful. Um, I, like, I uh, wish-
0: Power, Power of the Dog, another example where you like were, were like.
2: Well, you oh, know, yeah. I really the yeah. movie,
0: but wow. the ending that's,
2: made that's it a good decision pull, Dave. to leave. A I bit agree. Of
1: decision I, to leave too. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Decision to leave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I
2: think. I think. Uh, Power of the Dog, though, was that w- rare movie where I was like r- that, recontextualized <laughs> the entire movie, and mm-hmm. it made me love it. That's not the case with <laughs> with After Sun. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. I found After Sun to be so self indulgent and plotting. Uh, I wanted to leave the theater many times. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the last two to three minutes is beautiful. I just wish the rest Mm -hmm. of the movie Mm -hmm. was that. Mm. But it is, It is. um, I mean, you described it as a hangout movie. I don't think that is strong enough language for it it is um
0: i was trying to be measured as i said earlier
2: yeah yes. yeah <laughs> um, it's
0: actually a waste of time yeah you know, it's like yeah. yes Th- this this movie has a 96 percent on tomatoes and it's one of those things Jeff. where i'm watching it i'm like mm-hmm. i i am like i'm willing to give it a lot of latitude because like literally like everyone i know other than people on this podcast like think this is an incredible movie you know mm-hmm. so i'm like yeah okay you know i'm watching the first 20 minutes i'm like okay like Still I have no idea what's <laughs> going on with this movie. Literally nothing Still, happens. You know, nothing like yeah. Ha- something's and then, gonna happen soon. Yeah, right? I'm like, okay, pretty soon I'm gonna find out what this movie's about. And and in fact, I think I think I would argue Jeff is like, you know, under like not giving the movie enough credit, you know, in some ways. Like mm, mm. I do think that um there is a dialogue in this movie between the past and the present. That is kind of interesting, but the movie does very little to like very help little. you out with, yeah, like with I'm saying, what's going the, on the, there. Right? The
2: last few minutes of the movie b- brings that dialogue into, into focus. Yes. yes. And I wish the rest of the movie had done. I wish I had been part of that dialogue mm-hmm. throughout the entire runtime. Because yeah. I think that's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, thing to yeah. be saying, right? Well, this movie, like... So, okay. After Sun is a movie about... A young father and his daughter on vacation. Okay, and there's it's just moments, and and there, I mean, the the camera will like just like stare at the sky for minutes at a time. Yep, yep. You know, and you'll see maybe a bird or like somebody in a parachute. (laughs) That's (laughs) that's the whole scene. That's the whole scene. Um, So it's it's like it's very ponderous. It's very. slow. It has, it's not attempting to do anything. It just wants you to be there with them. And ultimately it's because I think I'm just reading into it. I haven't read up about this movie, but it seems pretty clear to me that uh, it it feels, um, autobiographical, or at least, um, you know, uh, um, it, it feels like it is, it is pulling from this feeling of, oh, what it was like, when I hung out with my dad or or mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. people hang out with their dad. And ultimately, what I was thinking through most of this movie is, man, I want to go on vacation with my kids. Like, I want to like take my daughter on vacation when she's a little older. Or I want to take my son on vacation with... Like, the movie evokes that feeling. Mm-hmm. But I want to be doing that instead of watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, mm-hmm. guys...
1: You know, you know what this means. I know what my Divindra, job is. Divindra,
0: you have to see it and you deliver us the positive review <laughs> of After Sun that's going to redeem the credibility of the film guest. I
1: know what my role is here. Okay, <laughs> so,
3: <yeah. laughs>
0: but Jeff, it sounds like it did not connect with you no, and I, I, feel the, I feel the same way. And mm. More I, like
2: After Burned. Yeah. no Nothing <laughs> – so, like, it's a double whammy, Devinder, because yeah. <laughs> I didn't get the sweet satisfaction of liking something that Dave did not. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. Dave made me endure – like, his, mm. oh, his comments wow. are the you. reason wow. that I had wow. to sit through this mm-hmm. interminable movie. So it's a real chin double whammy is what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will say – I will recommend that um, – uh, there's been a lot of writing about this movie that I think is really good. Like uh, one example, uh, Sam Adams at Slate.com wrote, "After Sun has the best final shot of any movie in years." Agreed. And uh, and I read that piece. That's not it's enough. Like, it's a it's a great <laughs> it's a great piece. That I recommend reading. And I read it, and I'm like, I still don't feel anything about the movie. Like that's kind of how I how I felt after I read that. I was like, okay, that's a great explanation of what that the final shot is. But like, I'm like, still didn't get me to to appreciate the movie as i thought
2: anyway, anyway like just, in t- intellectually i understand what this movie is attempting to do yes i think so i just think it completely fails on the fundamental job of entertaining me or interesting me in 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 in, in its characters or plot or any like the, it just doesn't it, it fails on the sort of fundamental job of a movie for most of the movie mm-hmm. in my opinion
0: all right. Well, that's After Sun. It's available right now in limited release. And Jeff and I did not appreciate it very much. And my guess is Divinger will or else truly we are screwed as pod.
1: I mean, listen, if, um, we, if we were being Rotten Tomato rated based on our collective reviews, like there, there's no hope for this movie now. It's officially yeah. going to be rotten.
0: Vermont. is it true. is it true is even if true? i like it two isn't thirds, it, like it. Right? isn't it uh, isn't it fresh if it's over 60 percent i think
2: well, can't uh, be can't be with two two of us not liking oh, it oh yeah you're, you're right that's true yeah, that's yeah. How math works <laughs> thanks,
0: thanks jeff. <laughs> jeff what else have you been watching this week other than uh, i just
2: want to quickly mention uh you know uh, uh Devendra mentioned a, an animated show he's watching with his kids i also checked out a new animated show that hit disney plus um my kids uh Love the Zootopia film. They've watched it many times, and therefore, so have I. Um, and uh, there is now uh, a series of shorts that uh, just hit Disney Plus called Zootopia Plus, and uh, they're delightful. And mm. one of the things I love most about them, uh, you know, I, we talk uh, a lot about Bluey, and Bluey is a constant in my home. And, but one of the joys of Bluey, one of the best things about Bluey, is that the episodes are like seven minutes. So they always fit in. You can go, you can have bedtime be, okay, one bluey before bed, or maybe two blueys if you're really good, but it's not, you're not getting into like a 22, 25, half an hour long show. You're in, you're out, you're into bed. Um, And I, that is the case with Zootopia Plus as well. These are short, like nine minute episodes. I love that. Uh, They are fully, uh. CG animated to look, uh, in, in, you know, just exactly the same as the film, uh, as the film version, it's not a step backwards. It's not a different animation style. It looks exactly like this was edited out of the movie. And in fact, uh, several of the episodes, well, not several, there's only six, I think, um, uh, so far. Um, but, um, a couple of the episodes literally are like gaps in the movie's plot that you get to see, oh, while the movie was going on, this was happening. And that's always fun. I enjoy <sighs> mm-hmm. that. Uh, They get a lot of the same voice actors back and including Idris Elba. Uh, And they're just, they're just fun. They're just silly, goofy, fun, uh, good, good stuff. And I think it's a rich, interesting world. You know, this uh, anthropomorphized animals that live in this, you know, zoo city. Um, And they're, you know, highly recommended if you have kids uh, and they like Zootopia. Do not miss Zootopia Plus on Disney Plus.
0: That's fun. That's fun. Don't you think? I thought it was weird that they're called Zootopia Plus. You know what I'm saying? Like, I agree. It, it feels like it's a service where you can get
1: more yes. Zootopia.
2: It's an odd uh, nomenclature. It, it doesn't. Uh, it, it's confusing. <laughs> Maybe it's sign
1: they're just giving up. You know. And it feels like, like hard the on
2: the bit. SEO as well. Like that's mm-hmm. not yeah. useful. I don't yeah. know. I don't get it. it it's right. Disney.
1: It doesn't matter. Like a uh, brief aside. Did you guys see the Studio Ghibli? Uh, sort yes. of pair up with Disney Plus. Oh my Plus, gosh. Which, mm. I think
2: I sent it to you guys. Yeah. Yes.
1: yeah. The the lead up to that, by the way, which they teased uh, one day, it was just like, uh, what was it? It was Ghibli teasing the Lucasfilm uh, logo. logo. And we were yeah. all like, oh, hello, what's going on here? And the next day it was a photo um, of Gr- it was Yoda in the foreground, Miyazaki in the background, like in yeah. Bokeh. blurred but like you you know that
2: face you know that beard like what is happening yeah no that's the first day's thing with the lucas uh, lucas Mm -hmm. arts logo was like oh studio ghibli with with Mm -hmm. lucas arts like it can't be a miyazaki joint though he's not gonna be involved and it's like oh day two it's literally putting yoda with miyazaki
1: or and the the ultimate thing is like it is a three minute short uh grogu and the dust bunnies have to say my daughter really enjoyed it because we like the uh the dust bunnies are the soot sprites that are in totoro and they also show up again in Spirited Away, and she, she always likes those little characters. So it was fun to see like, Grogu do this. It is a little three minutes of hand-drawn animation. It just looks beautiful and kind of gives us the idea of like what would it be like if we got a full-on you know, Grogu story or something like in Ghibli style? I don't know. Maybe they're testing the waters, but I'd i love hope love to see what more it of is. this. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I hope there's more, more to come.
0: For sure. So just so I'm clear, this was a, a multiple minute short that was released three on minutes. the internet. Three minutes it's Three was released on the It's on um, Disney Plus, not on the internet. Got, I see, I see, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, I did see the teases online, I didn't see the Disney Plus yeah. thing. So it's
1: it's a pretty um, big deal to yeah. and also I think a lot of people are thinking, like, what is gonna happen to Studio Ghibli like post Miyazaki? And I also am wondering, like, is Disney just like, huh? Hey buddy. We, took, we sure took good care of Star Wars after another bearded uh, yeah. creator left. Uh, we're just we're just gonna hang around. Let's be friends. Let's make some shorts together. Um, I am a little worried about that part, but so far it seems like a cool little short. Mm-hmm.
2: I also want to say, you know, kudos to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is the 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 promise of streaming, or or at least the the benefit of a streaming service mm-hmm. is that you can do you can do a three minute thing, like just put a three minute thing on your service. That's cool. Put a yeah. But six minute, seven minute, eight minute Zootopia shows. I love that the streaming services go, hey, there's no rules. And and I think Disney Plus is doing it better than most, Mm -hmm. where it's not, we don't have, they don't have to be full shows. We'll put on this weird Star Wars landscapes thing that's just like this meditative look at, you know, just flying over star Wars planets. Yeah. Let's like,
1: reuse I, content as much as possible. I
2: yeah. mean, I, yeah. I mean, that yes, yeah, that's, that's a cynical way, I guess, but, but I think it's, it's, I think it's cool. I think it's, it's cool. Why not? It, it is cool, but it, it is a really
1: smart way of recycling stuff they've already yeah. made. So we, we are seeing a lot of that too. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's utopia plus it's on Disney plus gentlemen. I have a question to ask you when you are going onto an aeroplane <laughs> and I say aeroplane. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, what, are, what are the principles you use when deciding what to download onto your iPad or iPhone to watch? During uh, the, during I the
1: mean, night? principles, I, I, principles, <laughs> we have
2: rules, what, exactly. what I want to watch. Is that a principle?
0: I guess, I guess, you know, are you trying like for me, you know, I, I'll, I'll just give you an example. Like there's certain kind of moods and modes I am in when I'm on a plane. Like I mm-hmm. almost never do work on planes. Um, oh, wow. Like some people like, yeah, they they have their Excel sheets and their word docs and such and such. And their silicon chips and such while mm-hmm. they're on planes. Yeah, you really get um, business, Dave. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> you know, they do a business. They go to the, the business factory and do a business, you know, yeah. and so mm-hmm. they need to prepare to do a business. Sure. Um, I don't do that. I'm like, I just can't focus on that when I'm on a plane, you know, hmm. L- literally um. a
1: trapped environment <laughs> where you can't do anything else uh, free of all the distractions of real life, like the perfect time to work. Like, uh, too antsy.
0: What do I, what, what, yeah, what do I, what is the rest of my life good for then, (laughs) David? Um, so anyway, uh, I I will just say that my iPad watch list is chaos, guys. It's just,
3: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it's a random assortment of things that I might feel like watching while I'm on a plane.
2: Yeah. That's the best way to roll like don't no, not plan bad. too much it's yeah. not, you gotta, it's, it's yeah. got to be it's got to be uh mood liquid you know what i mean it's got to be It'd you got like to flow with your mood yeah. mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well speaking of mood liquid uh i watched a movie called pleasure on the plane i uh, see I directed see. by ninja Thyberg. and uh this movie is on showtime right now you can also buy it on vod uh i would heard about it i think it debuted at sundance last year if i'm not mistaken um and it's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good movie. It basically depicts uh, what it is like for a woman trying to become famous in the porn industry. Uh, and it's rare to kind of get... It's, and you were like, good watch
1: plane, plane watching. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody, look at what I'm watching. I got the biggest screen iPad so you can all see. It.
2: What are the principles you use to decide what you're watching on a plane? Well... What can make the people sitting next to me most uncomfortable? That's... That
1: is actually the main principle of how I choose <laughs> yeah. not
2: to watch. Them.
0: Well, you know, I, I am going to say you should not watch pleasure on a plane. You know, that's, that's,
2: that's kind of... <laughs> oh, David! How would you? How, how could you possibly know that pleasure would be not a good plane? Mm. I mean, wait, what mm. about it could possibly <laughs> tip you off that maybe yeah. this isn't the moment to press play? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm just going
0: to say that. Um, I had to, uh, do some reorienting of the screen, but I'm confident confident that no one else was uh, exposed to this. He's putting his
2: tray table down if you get my drift. (laughs) There's movement under the blanket. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But you guys, are, you guys are correct. It is a very graphic film, so I would not watch it on a plane. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly what I will not why? watch on a plane. Oh.
1: Yeah.
2: Did you watch this movie to completion, if you know what I mean?
0: I <laughs> i completed the movie. Anyway, it's <laughs> very... All the way to credits, buddy.
2: <laughs> You're just undaunted. Undaunted. Well, I, I started, and I'm not going to stop now just because of these other people.
0: <laughs> As I mentioned, I'm confident that no one else was... I, I was able you to orient know what the person behind you <laughs> saw in the crack between the seats. Dave. Hey man, I'm hey. just, I'm just saying I took, I took steps. <laughs> okay. I took steps. The step would be not watching. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you
2: okay? <laughs> this is amazing.
0: Yeah. Anyway, the movie is very good. And it, you know, it, it <laughs> obviously is from, um, uh, it takes the, the female perspective of this industry, which is g- generally not something that's done. Um, the main actress, uh, sophia Capell is fearless in this room mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's a brutal watch and so if you're not <laughs> also brutal
1: also brutal oh yeah. my god yeah yeah, yeah. You, fellas what kind of porn do you like to see on planes I, just asking <laughs> yeah yeah In a, in a public setting
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> david's like oh you know i forgot my earphones too oh well
1: I'm, I'm quiet it, play it loud play it loud so i can hear over the buzz of the
0: plane you know just want to just want to reemphasize.
2: Mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know
0: I, I took steps to make sure that no one else could see what was on the ipad all right
2: what's did, that did you... guy watching underneath that hoodie
0: <laughs> yeah anyway the oh, movie's man. pleasure and it's available on showtime and also video demand
2: so amazing dave
0: amazing Another thing I watched was Darren Brown's sacrifice. <laughs> this is this is a Netflix special with Darren Brown. Do you guys know Darren Brown? He's like a mentalist. Sure. Yeah, sort we talked of, about him yeah. a lot on this
2: show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mostly because uh, you you watch his stuff all the time, right? You love this guy.
0: I mean, I think he's fascinating. He's a fascinating guy. Anyway, there's a there's a special called um, sacrifice that he made which is one of the most unhinged things I've ever seen in my life. Basically, this is where he
2: like tries to get a racist to sacrifice himself for s- someone he pr- purportedly hates.
0: Yes, oh. a uh, a Mexican person. Yeah. Oh, Basically, oh. he's like this so, person does not like Mexican illegal immigrants. <laughs> and You're moving
1: on from hardcore nudity to human sacrifice? <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: I like how he started this whole conversation with what are the principles that you use? Yeah, so funny. Sex yeah.
1: and violence,
0: the most possible, please. Anyway, this is <laughs> this is really interesting because it's basically like a combination of Nathan Fielder's the rehearsal or uh David Fincher's the game combined with, um, uh, like the Truman Show. Basically, you know, it's like, and and uh mm-hmm. there's always a question when you're watching a Daryl Brown thing of like how much of this is real. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, da- Danny Syed put it very well on Twitter. He's like, you, the viewer are Darren Brown's ultimate Mark. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. Uh, I, I don't believe anything, you know, that I really saw actually happened, but it's interesting to reflect on. Um, but I I just thought this is one of the most unhinged, wildly unethical things I've ever watched. Um. <laughs> And I had just seen Pleasure on the <laughs> iPad as well. So,
1: Look, just really, really you just... pushing how, you, how you're feeling about humanity yeah. All, yeah. all at once. Um, it's funny you bring up Nathan Fielder, too, because I've been thinking after uh, af- after these midterm elections and everything, I'm like, what if this guy should just like his next show is just going to run for office and gain as much political power as possible? Nathan Fielder, you know, taking charge of America. Uh, how 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 long would that go? You know, mm. how far could he go? Because it it wouldn't be as crazy as some of the things I'm seeing down here in Georgia. So, yeah, you know, okay.
0: that would be something.
2: His slogan is already right there. Nathan, for you. For you. <laughs> well,
0: anyway, if you want to see a really wildly unhinged special in which Darren Brown tries to use psychological manipulation to get a racist to sacrifice himself for someone else, mm. uh, then you should watch Darren Brown's Sacrifice. It's, it's just is- like... Uh-huh. It's just like he's pushing the line, like everything he's doing. Just like it's, it's like very similar to watching a Nathan Fielder thing. Like everything uh-huh. he's doing is like pushing the line to the next. Well, step, what is you the know?
1: outcome you're hoping to see in this situation, though? Yeah, I, do, I don't know.
0: What, you know? Why? <laughs> like
1: you can play. It's called Darren Brown's sacrifice. I assume you heard the plot premise before it began, right? Or were you going to this? Well,
0: point? I think I had started watching it before, and I was like, "This mm. is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard." Stop! I, I got
1: to save this human <laughs> sacrifice for the
0: plane. <laughs> but now that I'm on a plane, <laughs> but now that I'm on a plane. This is the perfect time. This is literally
2: like, hey, well, let's watch this guy killed ra- kill racists <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> Which I would watch. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah.
0: All right. Darren Brown sacrifices on Netflix. It's four years old, so it's not a new thing. It just is like I have you know, like I'm I'm frantically browsing the iPad before I hop on the plane to like what to watch. And so <laughs> too this wholesome, is one of the things too wholesome,
2: time. won't make people uncomfortable, too wholesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um So that is Darren Brown's Sacrifice. And then finally, The Crown Season 5. The Crown Season 5 debuted uh, this week. We're actually covering it on Decoding TV. Uh, I'm covering it with my wife. And uh, I have watched seven episodes of the new season. Uh, And I wanted to just say the first episode of The Crown Season 5 is awful. It's um, (laughs) one of the worst episodes of the entire series run. Of an otherwise very good series overall. Yeah, I feel like you're getting
1: the full crown experience now. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and and then anyway, like I have to say, this season has been quite weird. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I don't think it's great. Um, One of the big, like all the marketing, uh, or from my perspective, a lot of the marketing has been around Elizabeth Debicki Mm -hmm. uh, showing up as Princess Diana now, and Dominic West, and Dominic West is Prince Charles now. Jeff Canada. In a previous After Dark, you have complained about uh, rough casting changes, right? Like in House of the Dragon, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, House of the Dragon changes cast. They, they don't do anything to help you when they to the cast. The Crown, in my opinion, does a much better job. Like <laughs> basically every two years, they change mm-hmm. to a whole different set of cast members, right? And they always try to make it a smooth transition. Like they always like show who the before character was. And you know, like in the case of The Crown season five, it's like, they show the new person playing Elizabeth, Imelda Staunton, having a physical exam, right? And somebody typing in her name into like a dossier on a computer, basically. Like, so you're like, oh, this is the new Elizabeth. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they kind of ease you into it. Um, but what is very hard to ease into is the fact that Elizabeth Debicki, uh is, I think, like six foot three. And she replaces Emma Corrin as Princess Diana, who is like five foot six, I think. Um, so she Princess spread. Diana grew like six inches basically, or seven <laughs> inches, and it towers over literally everyone else in the show. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but that's isn't that that historically like, accurate, isn't that? Yeah, I think she's
0: a little taller
1: than
2: I, Diana
0: I, was. I, I think that's true, yeah. but it's just kind of weird when like you're going from one season to the next. And all of a sudden, a per- like a person used to be normal height and then now they're like <laughs> taller than everyone else. You yeah, know? but
1: now this Diana can drive a car from the back seat with her
0: <laughs> 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 um, Yeah, so, uh, but the, the thing I was going to say is Elizabeth the is awesome as Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show is, ba- like in the first seven episodes, the show is barely about her in my opinion. Like she has probably less than 90 minutes of screen time, I would estimate. Like, it's really surprising how little she is in this season so far. I, I assume it's going to ramp up and be more prominent next season, but like, uh, it's kind of one of the draws for the show is uh, seeing this whole Diana stuff depicted, and it's like she's not even really in it that much. Um, so, Whenever Princess Diana is not on screen, the audience should be asking, where's Princess Diana? And that's exactly what I was doing. Um, So The Crown Season 5, terrible first episode, decent other episodes, and a startling lack of Princess Diana played by Elizabeth Debicki, who does a wonderful job in what I've seen her in. So that's The Crown Season 5 on Netflix. Um, I'm definitely going to watch the rest, and Mm -hmm. there's one more season left uh, for the show. Overall, I think The Crown is brilliant, but this season has been pretty uneven, so.
1: Dave, I feel bad for the uh, the British couple on your flight that are still mourning the death of the Queen, too. Like, this guy! <laughs>
2: That's giving us pornography! <laughs>
1: That's giving us human sacrifice! And this wound is still fresh! <laughs> How dare you! Well done,
2: Devendra. Well done. Yeah,
0: that was good, Devendra. Nice and death. Alright, well, that is what we've been watching this week. Let's take a quick break. We'll talk about a sponsor. We'll be right back with more The Filmcast.
2: Hey, it's time for me to tell you about our sponsor, Calm. Boy, we all, you know, if we're listening to the film cast, we all love stories, right? You remember that feeling we all had growing up of our favorite bedtime story? It just made us feel cozy in our bed and ready for a good night's sleep. You know, fairy tales or grand adventure tales or mysteries. Why shouldn't we have that same comfortable feeling as adults while we drift off to sleep? Well, Calm's immersive sleep stories make falling into a relaxed and restorative slumber a breeze, bringing you back to the well-rested nights of childhood. And we're partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools that improve the way you feel, reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, improve focus with curated music tracks, and rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for. Children and adults. There's even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. If you go to calm.com/slash/filmcast, you'll get a special offer of forty percent off a calm premium subscription. And new content is added every week. Over one hundred million people around the world use calm to take care of their minds. Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more and live a happier, healthier life. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com filmcast. Go to c-o-m slash filmcast for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com filmcast.
0: All right, folks, let's get to Weekly Plugs. Weekly, weekly Plugs is a part of the show where we talk about something else we've been making. I want to mention a couple of podcast episodes that I've made. Uh, Decoding Reality at DecodingReality.tv is a little podcast experiment I'm doing with my wife. We're, this uh, year or this fall, I guess we're talking about Love is Blind Season 3, which just had its season finale. Uh this show is bad and messy and I feel bad for watching it. And you can hear me navigate that over at decodingreality.tv.
1: I'm sensing a trend here. <laughs> uh,
0: <yeah. laughs> uh, also, uh, I am talking about the white Lotus with Roxana Haddadi from Vulture over at decodingtv.com. Oh, nice. so check that out at podcast.decodingtv.com. Um, white lotus, a uh, decent season so far. We'll see mm-hmm, how it goes. Mm-hmm. I- I'm seeing a lot of mixed reviews of the season, but uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Anyway,
1: this show I hope continues to be like just a nice escape from the world, uh, while watching you know, rich people be terrible. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun in that mm-hmm. respect, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, Devendra. I feel like I can see rich people be terrible every day on Twitter, um, yeah, but, but uh, or or I'm not, I'm not getting
1: beautiful shots of Sicily on Twitter, okay? <laughs> that's true,
0: that's true. Devendra Hardor, your weekly plugs,
1: uh, a couple of things. Uh, over in Gadget, I talked with the folks behind Magic Leap. Remember that AR glasses company? They raised like $2 billion, and everyone's like, oh, man, you're a total failure. It turns out they raised another $1.5 billion after that, and they're still making headsets. And I talked about the technical aspects of the Magic Leap 2, which uh, honestly looks kind of astounding, and go take a look at my you know report there. I'm still not sure when these AR-, AR glasses will be like a thing for regular humans, but I think for some businesses um, and people who are using these things in like the field, it can actually be pretty cool. And the, just this morning, my review of the uh, NVIDIA RTX 4080 graphics card just went up. I know a lot of people are excited about that one because it's not as expensive as the 4090, so go check out my review. It's pretty cool, but I'm still excited to see like what the cheaper cards are going to be like this year.
0: All right. Check out those links from DeVinger. As always, we leave
2: weekly plugs in the show notes.
0: And Jeff Kanata, your weekly plug.
2: Well, I, uh, I, I do a podcast called We Have Concerns, which is a science podcast. But we make it funny, funny and fun and interesting, we hope. Uh, I do it alongside Anthony Carboni. And this last uh, episode that just came out uh, is one of our favorites. We Every year, we highlight the Ig Nobel Prizes which are a fascinating, uh, fascinating award, uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but really still cool. They are given to innovations and uh, you know science discoveries that uh, are off the beaten path, a little strange, a little weird, a little different, but still super, super interesting. And we cover a, a number of them on this week's episode. So I, I urge you to check that out. You can find it at wehaveconcerns.com.
0: I also want to give a couple of plugs for the podcast. If you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash film podcast is how you can do that. Sign up for ad-free episodes and exclusive After Darks. Of course, we never want you to contribute anything if it in any way causes you financial hardship. You can only support us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, or a star rating. It just takes a few seconds. But a big thanks to everyone who makes this podcast possible. All right, folks, it's time to get to our review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever.
3: Only the most broken people can be great leaders. His people
2: Do not call him general or king They called him Kukulkan The feather serpent god
3: Killing him
2: Will risk eternal war
3: He's coming For the surface world
0: you are listening to or watching the Filmcast. This is our review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I'm going to read the plot summary of this movie from IMDb. The people of Wakanda fight to protect their home from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of King T'Challa. This movie is written by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole and directed by Ryan Coogler. Division your Hardware, obviously, Black Panther was a phenomenon, uh, one of the best-reviewed, best-performing, Superhero films of all time, uh, I think we all really enjoyed it here on the podcast uh, and obviously we're really looking forward to black Panther, Black Panther Two. unfortunately, there's been tragic developments uh, mm-hmm. with chadwick boseman's passing and so a lot of open questions about what would happen to uh Black Panther Two and how they would change the plot and I, I, I do want to acknowledge that there was a story that they had written. Featuring Chadwick Boseman, um, and they decided to change the path that they took uh, for this movie. The biggest thing they did, obviously, is incorporating King T'Challa's death into the movie itself, right? Uh, and it mirrors uh, Chadwick Boseman's death and and how the people involved with the movie were also mourning the passing of their friend. Uh, but putting that aside, I am curious, overall, what did you think of Black Panther Wakanda Forever? I mean... I'm still chewing this
1: movie and still thinking quite a bit about it. But my first reaction was honestly a bit of befuddlement and confusion. I feel like so much of this movie uh, falls prey to the second movie problems that Marvel series tend to have. So I'm thinking Iron Man 2, Guardians 2. uh, We don't talk about Thor 2 because, yeah, that was even more lost in the first movie, but kind of the same issue there. Um, This is a strange movie. You know, because it is, it's dealing with grief. I feel like it begins and ends with grief, and that is such a big portion of like what is happening and what's driving these characters. And it is kind of fascinating to see them basically honor Chadwick Boseman in this movie. Like the the movie starts with a funeral, and in my theater, which was filled with like people at one of the you know uh, one of the first Thursday screenings, people were just like openly crying within oh. two minutes of this movie opening because. It's it's celebrating Chadwick like his image is everywhere, and it kind of it does remind you of like man he brought so much to the MCU. He was so fantastic in Black Panther, and he was just taken from us too early. So that moment where I'm just thinking like the moment where it's not even huge spoiler. Instead of the like triumphant Marvel logo, you know, going into the movie, um, after the funeral, it's silence, and it's also images of chadwick from the mcu and i feel like that was like that even made me tear up a little too. it's a
0: it's it's a emotion the opening of this movie and the way it pays tribute to chadwick mm -hmm. boseman is an emotional gut punch the way they redo the marvel studios logo is really beautiful jeff i know you you also had a similar reaction right i did yeah
2: yeah, it's 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 beautiful and um, yeah it's it's really lovely it's really lovely you know i didn't Mm -hmm. see it coming i didn't know um you know, and, and we're so used to that Marvel logo yeah. featuring all the different heroes, and to have it just be him in mm-hmm. complete silence, it it is, uh, and it, very, it felt, very very felt like
0: longer. It felt like longer than yeah. it usually go. It felt like they it felt really, like we were all
1: holding our breath, just like yeah. man, move. yeah. It,
0: it felt like they really like took time, like in that logo, just literally in the logo, they took time to like give you an appreciation of the fullness of mm-hmm. Bozeman's contributions to the mc like it's not just like oh a couple shots from black panther it's like literally like yeah you know it's like a lot thing, of yes, memorable moments. this yeah. was
1: our king yeah you know yeah. and he is the no other thing that's here. so
2: interesting mm-hmm. is is how the movie doesn't spend a lot of time explaining it it really mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. The, the line between the actor passing and the character passing is is blurred it is it is literally like we all we assume you know we know we're acknowledging it it's a big deal you know, in our universe, eldest. you know, yeah. it's not like, oh, we're going to, you know, spend half an hour talking about how he, how he passed. It's just. He's yeah. dead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Everybody's sad. And it feels like the actors themselves in those moments are mourning yeah. Chadwick yeah. as much as playing the plot, you know, yeah, you can yeah.
1: kind, you can definitely see it in in the characters and everything. So I think that that is kind of it. Like this movie begins with a sense of grief and the sense of loss. And I think it never really leaves that. So that's not. It's tough. Like I can't say, oh man, this movie wasn't as fun as Black Panther one because it wasn't. It doesn't even really have time to be because these characters are dealing with such a significant death and dealing with like how how they deal with their grief and process it. Um, but I, I think overall too, like it it is a weird experience as a movie because it feels kind of slow, like it takes a while to get going. I think there's some great aspects of it. It does highlight some of the best female characters that are in the MCU and really puts them. Front and center, Letitia Wright. I love Asshuri, um, Angela Bassett, being just herself, being as regal as possible. Like so many people, I love. Michaela Cole is in here, and we've talked about her show, and like I, I love seeing her. Like she basically expressed her love for the franchise, and was able to get herself in there too. So. I love seeing that um, this movie is also, I and mean, I won't dive too deeply into like the plot of the, the other folks. This movie introduces Namor, a character I've never really had much fun this for, but I think Tadach Horta does a really great job of selling this character who is sort of a uh, kind kind of like a similar vibe to Killmonger, except I think more noble in certain respects too. right? Like he, he, he is a former God or basically he, he is sort of a God, but he's also somebody who's protecting, this like small community that's been safe from colonialism and from the terrors of it. And it is an interesting parallel to Wakanda because that is essentially what that secret kingdom actually was, you know? So that, that part kind of hit me too, because, Hey, I am, I am from South America. Um, My wife's family is from Puerto Rico. I have family from all over Latin America. So, the troubles and like basically the impact of colonialism and what the Spanish did to to Mexico to South America and everything kind of hits hard to me. So seeing Namor uh, basically also, we'll talk about some sp- stuff and spoilers, but basically seeing him create the safe space and the safe community for his people to just be themselves and not not be over overcome by the colonialists, I think is there something genuinely moving there we see a bit of that community too. And it feels like seeing Wakanda for the first time also kind of feels like what maybe we'll see in uh, avatar two If we see underwater cities or something like maybe that's something that could happen in that movie. Um, I found that really fascinating. This movie definitely, it feels like Ryan Coogler as always, and his co-writer did their homework and did their homework around the efforts of colonialism and like, What that means uh there are there are things in this movie that i found really compelling like one of the first things they do is uh is the queen basically being at a u.n tribunal i guess like at people are asking like why aren't you sharing your resources and she's like why would we you know because we can't trust you guys and it ends up being france who's called out for sending this uh you know this tactical team to go trying to steal some vibranium also funny that haiti plays a major role in this movie because France basically doomed Haiti as a country by making them force uh, forcing them to pay like ton millions of dollars worth of debt um, when Haiti basically freed themselves when the slaves in Haiti freed themselves and tried to make their own country. So the weight of colonialism is here in this movie. I wish it was maybe explored a little more. And in spoilers, I'll talk about like why I think some of the third act stuff felt kind of weird because ultimately this movie is about these two oppressed cultures who are kind of like magical like it is a miracle these two cultures exist ultimately this movie is about them fighting each other and i do feel like that is a little weird too for a movie that is so smart about how it's considering world powers and the state of the world today so yeah i i didn't come away super overjoyed by this movie but i found a lot of it interesting um i just wish like i wish like some of the other parts worked better i think character motivations are all over the place i don't think any of the action works for me I I think Mm. there's there's maybe there's a spear fight on a bridge that is like, I think, well done and looks cool. But it seems like a lot of the focus of this movie had to be basically nodding, uh, getting these characters together, working in Namor and his people and also setting things up for the rest of the MCU. So it does feel like a um, it feels like a bridge movie. It feels like a movie that doesn't really exist on its own because it has to lead into other series happening on Disney Plus and future movies coming too. So it can't really stand on its own either.
0: Uh, Well said, Davindra, and I agree with Almost everything you said In terms of your thoughts on Black Panther Wakanda Forever I'm curious, Jeff Kanata As a Marvel zombie from way back
2: What did you think of Black Panther Wakanda Forever? Well, Dave I guess you could say What I thought of Black Panther Wakanda Forever Is best summed up In the form of a limerick Hmm There's certainly no replacing Chadwick so it's amazing. A Black Panther film is still good without him. I just wish it had better pacing. Mm. Ooh. Okay. All good. right. Good. I, I I agree with a lot of what Devinder said as well. I, I I disagree with the action. I think there are two main action sequences in mm-hmm. this movie. And both of them I thought were pretty spectacular. I, I, I really enjoyed. I mean, there's one. I mean, they're both involving water, but there's the first one where, you know, water plays a really big role. I just thought there were some extremely cool moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of this movie isn't an action movie. Um, and I do think it has major pacing problems. Uh, it It is trying to do so much. And I think collapses a bit under the weight of that burden. Because, uh, you know, I, I feel like this movie would have benefited from being a an 8 episode Disney Plus series. Mm-hmm. You know, not to take anything mm-hmm. away but not to diminish mm-hmm. it anyway because obviously, you know, these Black Panther films are are huge temple events and this movie's crushing it at the box office. But I look at something like Andor and I, you know, I recognize Andor for as genius as it is and as, as amazing as it is, it wouldn't really work very well as a movie because it needs to have that breath to to expand and and set up things and and I think this movie would have benefited from that. I think it is trying to do so many things. I wish we would have had, you know, six to eight hours of episodes that let us explore the, you know, the the Namor and his side. And and, and yeah. it's doing so much, introducing Ironheart. And like, that's a whole other corner of this movie that just, all of it feels mm-hmm. underserved. And, and it, you know, you're spending these large chunks of time doing so many different things. And the movie is over, it feels over long already. And it just doesn't feel well paced. I, I found myself getting antsy and not, you know, there's these wonderful indulgent in a, in a positive way, uh, you know, underwater sequences that are just gorgeous and beautiful. But at a certain point, I'm like, man, I I found myself getting fatigued in this movie to a certain extent, Uh, just wanting You know, there's so many threads that it's just, it really feels unwieldy. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I think if it was a series, I think that would have been, you know, it could have pulled off better and it would have felt better paced. That said, I do think the movie does some amazing things and it is extraordinary how, you know, the passing, the tragic passing of one actor can completely transform the tapestry of a multi-billion dollar universe of stories uh and and the fact that they're willing to go there and do that i i thought that was moving and beautiful i'm amazed by what they've done with namor i mean obviously as a comic book fan very familiar with namor huge part of the marvel universe in in the comics and uh a ca- sort of chaotic good character who uh you know has grievances is perturbed and often f- battles the good guys uh and I, the, the 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 reimagining of Namor, which in the comics, you know, these are they are Atlanteans, right? They're from Atlantis, and the idea that they threw that all out and really reinvented this in a much more interesting way that really has much more to say. Uh, the I mean, even just from an iconography perspective it's so much more interesting and 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 you know visiting that culture and visiting that undersea land and and getting the entire origin story and backstory of how that came to be it's all fascinating but like it just makes this movie completely overstuffed uh and and i think that's my biggest problem is that the pacing is really hard i found i found the movie to be too much too long uh, too long between big action set pieces, you know, to, to sort of be a big temple movie like this, but so full of such interesting ideas mm-hmm. and yep. Yep. sequences that are fascinating and and well executed that, I, you know, it's certainly not a bad movie. And one, I highly recommend. I think it is really good. It just doesn't It it doesn't it's not a home run because it doesn't hold together. It's it's not greater than the sum of its parts. Like the sum yeah. of its parts are great. But there's too many parts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you say pacing. Like, that's not how I would think about it. It's just there's literally too many things to contain in one yeah. two hour, 40 minute long movie. Like, that's, I
1: think about you know, half an hour in, I was like, when is this movie actually going to start? Because yeah, it does feel like we got several opening scenes. We got the funeral. We had the UN scene. You have the introduction of uh of of the At- Atlanteans. I forget the name of like the actual people. Telecon, um, yeah, I think yeah, they're called. Yeah, Telecon. Uh, yeah. Telecon uh, yeah, basically Basically, uh, fighting um, Blake. Who's it? The Lake Bell and 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 people. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know yeah. her face. Yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah. But yeah. we get that whole introduction too, and that was a really like cool sequence. But it feels like the movie itself took a while to. Get yeah. started.
0: Yeah. I, I so I, I'll share some more thoughts on that once we get to spoilers. I'll just say really quickly uh, I agree with virtually everything you guys have said today. I mean, I think it's rare it's rare that we're so aligned on a movie, but I agree with virtually everything you guys said. And I think that as much as you know, I want to pr- praise some of the things the movie did well, it's worth praising the things the movie didn't do. Sure. Mm -hmm. And here are some things they could have done that they didn't do, okay? They could have uh, used some CG version of Chadwick Boseman to make the movie, right? That that is a possibility they could. Or even
2: to just do, you know, like a bridge, like a five-minute bridge sequence from the last movie to this movie. Or keep him in the Um, costume or something. Keep him in the costume
0: all the time. Or um, they could have um, replaced the actor who, who was Chadwick Boseman, like right. who Chadwick Boseman played. They could have replaced T'Challa as an actor. Yeah, just they recast Ch- T'Challa. They could yeah. have like just, you know, um, uh, they could have I- integrated Killmonger into this movie in in a bigger way or or like it, basically like have someone external to Ch- T'Challa's family, like kind of play bigger roles in the yeah, movie. Yeah, swoop right? in and, and be the center yeah, of the film. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And they, they, they didn't choose a lot of those paths and it is very sort of, you know, they could have done the um, uh, fast and furious method where, uh, hey, Paul Walker is like off with his family. And we're not going to see him again. Like they could have not acknowledged the death, right? Which is like yeah. another path they could choose. And I think the path they chose is like, hey, we're all just going to acknowledge it. As you said very eloquently, Jeff, like we're all going to acknowledge it. And it's very sad. And like we're going to like pay tribute to him, to his passing in the film itself is very lovely and beautiful. And like it's worth watching for that reason alone. Like because this movie does that if you as a viewer are looking for like some kind of closure to this, because Chadwick Boseman's passing was so sudden and so tragic. Like none of us knew. It wasn't like a long drawn out decline. Mm -hmm. It was like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it was, he was gone. He was working
1: really hard while he was very sick. Right. That's why it feels so sad. Yeah.
0: And if you as a viewer, as a consumer of pop culture are like looking for some kind of closure around that, in my opinion, this movie does help to offer that. Like, I'm like, like, yeah, I still have really, complicated feelings about chadwick boseman's passing and like watching this it's like i feel like i'm amongst a group of people that also love chadwick boseman and like we are witnessing you know we're like recognizing the passing together and it's kind of a way to like have that catharsis in in a movie right which is which is like notable and special everything else about the movie i agree with you guys like it's (laughs) it's just way i mean i agree with you too it, it feels it feels like it's like the iron man 2 thor the dark world you know, like the the um, Ironheart stuff. Like, this movie tries to do so much. The Ironheart stuff, introducing Namor and their people, introducing mm-hmm. a, a successor to Black Panther, like all these things. Yeah. Bringing uh, Julia like,
1: Louis-Dreyfus into the Cinematic Universe. Completely, yeah. every one of her scenes were awful. All, the, well, those,
2: all those scenes would, yeah. didn't have anything to do with this movie. They're all they, there. They
0: literally, literally didn't need to be scenes. They literally right. could have been a phone call. Like, it, it's it's... Absolutely bizarre some of the stuff that happens. So it, it does feel like like Black Panther one felt like, oh, this is like a cool movie that happens to be in the MCU, mm-hmm, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Black Panther kind of feels like an MCU movie that happens to have Black Panther in it, you know, sure, or or sure. you know, feature the Black Panther character. And to its detriment, I would argue. And that's kind of um that's those are my thoughts. It's just it just tries to do too much. And as a result, very little of it lands, but the Chadwick Bozeman stuff is really special, and also I do want to acknowledge that the the Namor stuff and the Talikan stuff, from what I can tell mm-hmm. they like uh they tried to do it right, they tried to do a good job with it, and my sense is they they accomplished that in terms of like for instance, um like the language that they speak i I understand is like an ancient Mayan language still used in parts of Mexico, you know like they really they this is not just like window the culture is not just window dressing like they really tried to dig in and do the work is my sense i, pre- what, I really appreciated that too right. like whether or not like that. the mm-hmm. character and his people like actually have a meaningful plot in the story like we can discuss that but like mm-hmm. in terms of like the 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 look the feel the depth of the culture it feels like they really tried to reach deep in that in that regard and so uh so that is worth acknowledging right? there's and- a
1: specificity there that i think is very you could have just made up something you yeah. could
0: have had a made-up
1: alien language but no it is rooted in actual culture and just thinking about like i, I don't know how many people think about this but the, the spanish conquering of the americas is was an absolute genocide like mm-hmm. the sheer amount of people that were killed in the cultures that were killed so to have this idea of like this portion of a culture that could go underwater and just be completely separate from that and be yeah. safe and be its own thing. I thought was really moving. Too.
0: It's like, a, it's like a parallel to Wakanda in many ways, right? Like yes. a, a, basically like a, a, a people of color untouched by colonialism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I do want to acknowledge that like, it's powerful to see that kind of representation on screen. And I don't want to like minimize that in any way, even as I don't think the movie is that great. So, uh, anyway, so those are some, some messy thoughts about the movie, but let's get into spoilers. Uh so spoilers for Black Panther Wakanda Forever starting right now.
2: Now you're looking for the secret. Can
3: I see this coming?
2: No, but you won't find it because of course you're not gonna see this coming.
3: You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out.
2: Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to
0: tell
3: you my secret. You want to be fooled.
0: So Davingra, I read that mm-hmm. this movie from the beginning was supposed to be uh, Black Panther, played by Chadwick Boseman, going up against one of his greatest rivals in the comics, Namor, right? Yeah. But I, it sounds like I had the same reaction to you watching this movie is, why aren't you guys teaming up and fighting the colonizers? Why? Like, why <laughs> yes. I, I feel like we're having a, the wrong conversation here. Yeah, guys. and yeah, now, yeah. now, like, I, that's, that's certainly part <laughs> of the movie, right? I think that's, like, part yeah. of the message of the movie is, like, you should not be divided, like like mm-hmm. people these people these civilizations should not be divided by their differences and and they should unite, and they have more in common than they they, they have you know there 's more that binds them together than separates them. like I get that that's part of the theme of the movie, but just as a like just as a viewer who wants mm-hmm. the best for these peoples. It's want you all to get along. Some... It's like stop fighting each other, guys. Like the, the whole so finale greater... is them killing each other. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's like you don't have many people. Yeah, like like guys, this. there's other people you could be fighting against that I think yeah. would be much more satisfying. From go out there stick. and make <laughs> France repay
1: <laughs> Haiti for the sheer tonnage of money they were forced to pay. Like do exactly.
3: that exactly that's, like movie. That, that's,
2: what that's, po- that's what you want to see that's what you want to see that's the point yes. that's the point yes yeah that is a, the point
0: it's the point do we need a whole movie to make that point you know to to be deep but like yeah but yeah it's it's uh it's a it's just a bummer to see mm-hmm. like i'm not saying the movie wasn't purposeful in it it's just like mm-hmm. mm, I wish I, uh, I wanted yeah. better for these these uh, two civilizations. I, I
1: could totally see like what what Namor like his thinking too because he's basically fueled by rage and the pure like power to defend his people. Like that is the most important thing at all costs. And uh, yeah, logic often doesn't come into it. And I will say, notch Huerta, oh man, like just he owns every scene. He's and, awesome. Um, he's awesome. I think yeah. I think by the definition of that character to you is like, oh man. So you basically have to be. You remember when um, Daniel Craig got out of the beach? in those speedos you got to do that for every scene yeah. you got to be wet buddy that's your power you got to be wet and sexy and uh he, he accomplishes that
0: yeah. yeah he's great he's great in the movie and and, and has he, an he awesome makes a little film. even
1: the little wings work the, 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 yeah they, they make a sound you know and it's i always thought the aspect of the character was hilarious and it works here yeah yeah
0: yeah um i do think the first 30 minutes of this movie were really uh i i like them a lot like mm-hmm. because we start with the whole uh chadwick boseman funeral thing and like that's very powerful it's you know yeah the first five ten minutes arguably the emotional height of the movie like it's in, in the first five ten minutes and then uh angela bassett shows up she's a force of nature She's incredible. She's incredible, dude. Like, I honestly wish the movie had been about her. Like, I, I, I thought it was
2: going to be. Yes. I mean, I, I'd stayed away from spoilers, so I hadn't seen Shuri yeah, in the suit or any either. of that stuff. So I thought, I was like, oh, my God, are they making this an Angela Bassett movie? This is Which incredible. Which would be so amazing. It, yeah. it,
0: but then, like, so then, like, at that point, I'm still like, oh, it's going to be about Angela Bassett and, like, trying to keep her kingdom together in the wake of, yeah. you know, T'Challa's death. That's literally where I thought the movie was going. Uh, cause I also skipped the trailers like Jeff Kanata and, uh, and then of course it just starts splintering wildly in all these different directions. Right. So it's yeah. like Ironheart and name And then we have this thing. So, uh, the Lake Bell and the sea platform stuff, that was like really good stuff. I thought it was, like really good effective, like horror filmmaking. Yeah. I thought like, where it's just like, who are these people? They're, people are jumping into the ocean and they're dying. And then all yeah, of a dude, sudden that, like,
2: yeah. The whole like evoking, um, the old siren song idea, yeah. you know, it's yeah. such a neat concept.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I loved all that stuff. Um, but then of course, then it's like, okay, now we're introduced to Ironheart, and and it's like, okay, really, like.
2: <laughs> and the movie's like I, doing I, this like goofy comedy. Uh, we're yeah. like off on this comedy adventure with, yeah, with the coyote, you know. It's it's yeah. it's very. Sure, uh, and, but,
0: but then it's also like okay, so they want to the the Namor wants to kill uh Dominic Thorne's character. Um, because he's like he doesn't want them making any more vibranium detectors, I guess. Because if they make more vibranium detectors, um, then they can find them. And it's really, really important that Dominique Thorne dies, I guess, because there, there's no
1: other outcome here. You can't just no other, ha- have a sit down. Be you like, can't have hey, a sit down. Yeah. You'll do this. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. He's
0: basically like uh, Sarah Connor trying to kill Miles Dyson in Terminator. <laughs> yes, 2. He's like yes. you cannot. You must be. She must be stopped at all costs. And yeah. And anyway, uh, so. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of the the plot kind of splinters off in these various different directions, and then it really, I'm like, who who is the main character at this point? It it mm-hmm. like becomes Shuri by the end, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a bit of a rocky journey to get there, and I think that's a huge yeah. part of the problems of the movie. So I also feel like yeah,
1: it is weird to introduce Riri Williams and really not do much with her either like she disappears for entire swaths of this movie because she is just a setup character it's more like hey she's here she's doing iron man stuff now let's move on with the rest of the movie and we'll say hello to her in her tv show which we know is coming soon
0: yeah yeah Yeah. and similarly michaela cole like i may destroy you is one of the most brilliant works of tv i've seen in my lifetime and I was like, "Oh, cool. Michaela Cole's going to get a big role in this movie." And she does do some badass stuff, but like, yeah, she's not really in the movie very much. She's just um, one of
1: the one of the one of the team, basically, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's just a lot going on. Mm-hmm. How did the So, Jeff, you liked the ending battle sequence, right? Like you thought that worked for you?
2: I mean, I think it has some cool stuff. I, I much prefer the mid midway battle sequence, the attack on Wakanda. That's cool.
0: That is cool. I, I thought
2: agree. that sequence was mm-hmm. amazing. Or the way they they're like, oh, they're coming through the water, and and, yeah. and it just uh, it it erupts mm-hmm. all around them. And the way that it just feels like they're completely overwhelmed by Namor and his team. It it uh, I thought that mm-hmm. sequence was by far the coolest. But I did I did I mean I liked that like Cirque du Soleil rope work stuff. I thought yeah, they, they could have gone cool. farther with that. Um, I, I wanted to see more acrobatics and like use of that stuff, but I thought the idea was neat mm-hmm. and I thought that whole sequence was pretty cool and, and you know, that the final show, I did, it didn't make much sense to me why hey, they depe- de- defeated Namor. I guess we're all cool now. I thought that was very weird. I'm like, hey, look. Namor's like, we we're friends. over there where you we're couldn't friends. see, but I won. So let's all like stop fighting each other.
1: <laughs> yeah. I would love to see more of the Shuri and Namor uh, throwdown because I thought that was pretty cool. Like the whole plan yeah. is like, we're just going to dehydrate this guy. And it turns into a Dragon Ball Z fight, basically like, yeah. in, in a desert planet, them throwing each other against rocks. And Shuri's ultimate, I, I do feel like maybe it's a bit of a cop-out what this movie does because her her thing of just being like Wakanda forever, roast in hell, dude. And like that moment, people cheered in my, in my audience and were also like, it's complicated. Do we want her to go down that path? He right. did kill her mother. Like there, there are things he did that I think are unforgivable. So it's going to be really interesting to see like what they do with this character. But also maybe just let Shuri kill a dude. maybe maybe
0: (laughs) yeah 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 i yeah i mean i want to ask you guys about the ending too you know Mm -hmm. the the very the mid-credit sequence um
2: i I, I had a funny experience in my screening this never happens but at our press screening someone came out before a, a pr representative and said hey everybody thanks for coming I want you to know, I hope you all stay to the end, which, by the way, in a Marvel film, you don't need to say that. We're going to stay to the end. (laughs) Except in this one, it doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah. I hope you all stay Mm. to the end because there are three post-credit scenes. What? And we're like, oh, oh, snap. Marvel, Uh snap. Uh, (laughs) Three post-credit scenes. So that first one comes up very beautiful. We'll talk about it. But all the press around me, we're sitting in our seat, two more. Two more coming. What is it going to be? Oh man! All oh, the credits are long. That's okay. Oh, really get, we're really getting to the end of these credits. Yeah, really. Oh boy! Hey, oh, thanks, there's that thanks Marvel for the of Yeah, two more scenes after the Marvel logo. Oh, the lights came up in the end. It's over. Yeah. What?
1: I, I wish like that PR person just came out with like with their phones, be like, "Thanks for being on my TikTok. I just rolled all of you. Maybe I'll stay here for five extra minutes." I also I also stayed there and was surprised. I second.
2: couldn't believe yeah. it. I'm I was like, you literally, they never tell us their scenes at the end. They did. And it was like, <laughs> you lied? Have you found, did you find that person? Be like,
1: I need those 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> I
2: yeah.
0: I could have <laughs> gone. Come on. So I have to confess the mid credit scene did not work for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's many people who found it very moving. Um, and that's, that's cool. But basically what happens in the mid credit scene is uh, the uh, Shuri goes to Haiti right. And, uh, meets with Nakia, uh, and Nakia reveals, Hey, she actually had a secret child with T'Challa. Uh, and they've been squirreling him away in Haiti to make sure he's like untouched by royal life. Uh, and that's, you know, uh, it's, I think it's supposed to be very powerful for Shuri because like her whole family has passed away, right? Like her, her mother, her brother. And so like, now she has like some family left. Um, For me, it didn't work for a couple reasons. Number one, because it comes at the end of like a movie that felt very overstuffed and I wasn't sure who the focus of the movie was supposed to be, Um, but also like the mental contortions that I had to go through to like, to be like, okay, so she had a kid and didn't tell any, but like. Mm-hmm. why didn't she tell anyone? like shuri shuri
1: asks the question i was thinking like did did the, did the
0: queen know yeah did the like, queen know
2: like, and shuri this... asks that specifically and so it's, it's like, like yes she, she did and it's like okay oh, okay that's weird that everyone more knew weird now. yeah yeah it got yeah. weirder actually it
0: got weirder and then like also like i, I think it's implied that like uh, mbaku played by winston duke like also knew like had had mm. had conversations with T'Challa before he died as well about like what the child wants. So like maybe M'Baku possibly like, so like mm. Shuri is the one person who didn't know, you know? So it's just like, it's like, Oh, like, uh, this is not really, yeah. it's supposed to be like a I,
1: nice, like, I was like, thinking of like, you, know... you Jeff and yeah. your love of a uh, baby
0: Superman in Superman Returns. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah. 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 In,
0: in an after dark yeah. episode recently, Jeff Kanata described how he hated the fact that Superman Returns was about Superman having a kid. So yeah. that's what
2: that's about. But anyway, yeah. He, I mean I th- this is a little different. Obviously obviously this is a lot of gymnastics to get to the fact that we have another character named T'Challa in this yeah. universe who is the yeah. heir to the Black Panther, right? Yeah. And in that if in that sense I'm like I, I kind of go, "Oh, I see what, what 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 is being done here. That's kind of beautiful. We get a well in several years maybe we will get to see this T'Challa grown up and and inherit or fight alongside Shuri or something. Like I think that's beautiful. It feels it feels like a way to because T'Challa is a, you know, is Black Panther in a lot of media, right? And the idea that you can have a new T'Challa who is in that line of of uh, succession I, I I think that's all good. You can't think about it too long, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's all clearly contorted yes. to to get to that end point. And it would never have been set up that way. If, yeah, they would if never they, have done it if yeah. if, if Chadwick Boseman was alive, right? So, yeah. in order, to, if you apply any logic to it, I was like, "There's no universe mm-hmm. where he'd be like, you know, the safe place to have a kid, not in the super advanced <laughs> safety culture with yeah. the force fields around it." You know, well, there
0: it, there is this this kind of remnant of this idea of like being part of the Royal family is like very dangerous and oppressive, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in, in any culture, Yeah, uh, but that's not really well established in. No. This universe, it, again, right? it, yeah.
2: all of it is, it strains, you know, suspension of disbelief a bit, but, it, but you understand why. And I feel like, yes. okay, it's a means yes. to an end. Right. And, and I, I didn't have a, a, and I thought, I thought it was kind of the way it's played the emotional beat of it. And that little, adorable little boy, like at talking about his name and her name and stuff. It's, it's such a beautiful little scene. Like I will suspend my disbelief and not think too hard on the logic of Mm T'Challa's choice to like go have a baby (laughs) somewhere else.
0: Yeah. I I also honestly was legitimately confused when she goes to burn the funeral garments uh, Mm -hmm. at the end. I was like, Oh, Oh, this is for T'Challa. Cause I literally thought it was for her mom. Like, because her mom has also died in this movie. So I was like, you do it a year later. Yeah, 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 that's what they were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But anyway, it it was just um, there's just a lot going on in this movie. I guess is
3: kind Mm -hmm. of what I Mm want to. Now
0: I want to ask you guys guys this question of what was your interpretation of the end? Because I've read different interpretations. Like Mm -hmm. um, at the end, like they're about to have the whole Black Panther ceremony, and then Winston Duke's character Mbaku shows up. He's like, "I challenge for Black Panther." And then Shuri's in Haiti at that time. Like, we're meant to think that those things are happening contemporaneously. Mm -hmm. And then there's a new T'Challa. So it's like, what is the future of the royal family in Wakanda? Um, I read one interpretation that's like, Shuri kind of knew that M'Baku would do that and was like, I'm ceding this ground to Mm M'Baku and like passing it on to M'Baku. And another one that's like, oh, she didn't know. And like, now there's going to be a conflict between the two of them. And then possibly this third character of young T'Challa.
1: That that didn't seem deceptive in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm
0: curious, like what was your, was it like, he was, he
1: was purely like a mentor in this movie because he was the one talking her down, you know, from doing, you're you're talking about right. Yeah. 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 So if Shuri does not seem like somebody who wants to sit on a throne all day, you know, she, she (laughs) wants to be out in the field. She wants to be in her lab doing work. Like I can totally imagine being like, just, deal with this stuff please like mbaku you've been a leader for a while people clearly listen to you and respect you so to so me you, that's your how interpretation
0: that. is like she was aware and was cool with mbaku yeah. doing the stuff he did at the end yeah yeah jeff yeah. is that your interpretation as well
2: yes i i think it is an open question intentionally and i think that it is part of what is setting up for whatever third film this you know uh obviously there is this notion of, of whether Namor is just biding his time and is going to attack them again. And, 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 you know, so I think there are a lot of intentionally open threads. Mm -hmm. um, And I think that is one of them is what is the future of the black Panther character? Mm
1: -hmm. Also, I want to see some awkward dinners in the third movie, just like (laughs) Uh, Namor. Thanks for joining us. Um, (laughs) That's usually the queen's seat. Please. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Well,
0: I I do want to acknowledge and by the way we haven't we we talked about the opening but like yeah I thought it was really interesting the way this movie opened like it opens with Shuri kind of trying to put together some molecules mm-hmm. or whatever for some compound yeah. to to help out Mm-hmm. Um, T'Challa, and I thought that was to, to make it was really, heart shape. It was really herb. interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting opening because first of all, not all Marvel films have a cold open at all. Yeah, like, so, it just throws you in so it there. Most don't. She's like kind of. It's her like frantically trying mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. figure out a solution and i just thought it was a really interesting way to open the movie
1: did you guys uh, have the normal i don't know if you went to a normal screening i know you did dave uh did you have the normal amount of trailers and stuff in front of it too yes yes it did. okay because in my theater it almost felt like they played like one trailer and just like went straight into this movie Intr- yeah as it's, if, it's like, really the like deal. they just yeah. throw
0: you right in which is yeah. really interesting and um i mean look at the, at the end of the day i do want to say you know we usually end each of these reviews by saying you know uh at the end of the day, it's really impressive that Ryan, someone like Ryan Coogler made a movie. And it is really impressive, but like, I can't imagine how hard it must have been to make this movie. You yeah. Know, like, mm-hmm. you your main, the central protagonist of the movie has passed away. Mm-hmm. This You're also dealing happened with, to uh, rise, of the, rise of the Skywalker, by the way, too. So, yeah, yeah yeah. You're dealing, similar idea. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You're dealing with the grief of that. Like, imagine like a friend of your, a close friend has passed away. Then you need to like do work while that's happening. <clears throat> And then like rewrite the entire thing to to make it all make sense and be emotionally mm-hmm. satisfied. So And also fit into the machinery of the MCU right. coming to like yeah. you have to do, redo all that work. So it's mm. it's an almost impossible task, basically. And yeah. so it's not surprising to me that like th- that there have there have been challenges. Now some of the stuff feels like, you know, Unrelated to, to Chadwick Boseman's passing, like do we needed to see Julie Louis Dreyfus in this movie? Like, I don't think that's really. Hey, do adds we that need much to or...
1: know she was married to Martin Freeman's character?
0: That like, was like, the whole reason they were in this movie, right? Yeah, but yeah. um, but putting that aside, I really do think you know, it is mm-hmm. impressive that they were able to make this movie because I can't imagine how difficult it must have been. Absolutely, um, absolutely, and, and with the, and with I, the I think the expectations for the first one too you know it's yeah. it's yeah so anyway and you ahead.
2: talked to you know you talked in the main review dave about what could have been what the way they could have gone and i i you know i think it's impressive too that you know feige and and whoever whoever the decision makers at disney are uh allowed the entire structure of the marvel universe to sort of acknowledge the passing of one guy you know mm-hmm, it's like yeah mm-hmm. I think that's a credit to how important Boseman was t- to people, you know, to mm-hmm. like the film-going audience, and, um, and I and I think it's to their credit that they didn't behave like a big, you know, billion-dollar mo- behemoth, you know, mono- monolithic yeah. or um, what I'm yeah, what am I trying to say? A big, big Molithic, corporation. Yeah. They didn't yeah. behave like a corporation. Yeah. They believe behave like human beings, and I yeah. think that's all too rare. And it's you know, I think you had a Credit.
1: Absolutely. Uh, one thing I want to mention before we wrap, they say a word in this movie. Namor calls himself a mutant. I know. Every I time it, they dude, do dude. this, I'm I like, god it. damn it. I'm like, I'm that, like, was I'm like that was not a
2: mistake. Get on with it. Get with it. That, was, that was not a coincidence. That was yeah. not a mistake. No. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Um, to go... Good call out, Divindro. I'm glad you mentioned mm-hmm. that, but... Uh, I am I'm, I
1: have my ears perked for me. So <laughs> okay, I'm one more point, your ears to, are
2: pointed yeah. to the sky? Yeah, yes.
0: yeah, yeah. I do also just want to say, like, I think, you know, t- to follow on Jeff's point, I think the movie was trying to say something about, like, how uh, Rem- Queen Ramonda and Shuri mm-hmm. and, like, Namor, I think, like, my understanding is they're supposed to represent, like, different ideas or concepts of grief you know it's kind <laughs> of or different stages of yeah, grief different right, ways yeah, of dealing right. with grief
2: right
0: and i get that that's what the movie's trying to do i don't think it fully landed for me just because it was trying to do so much stuff right like
3: <laughs> but th- <laughs> as
0: you said jeff i think you put it well like there's so many interesting things in the movie you know and that's one of them the idea that like here are three different characters who are dealing with grief in different ways but it all just gets kind of lost in a muddle for me unfortunately like thematically <laughs> Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's a movie where like I'm I'm so impressed at the effort. Uh, I didn't yeah. love the movie. This is probably not a movie I'm going to revisit again. Um, but I'm so impressed I, I at mean, the effort that they were able to pull this off at all. That yeah. I, I can't help but admire it and and recommend that you see it. Go
1: ahead. I Jeff. agree.
2: And I, and you guys have both uh, compared it to Iron Man Two and Thor Two, and I think it's far superior to either of them.
1: Absolutely, it is you know, a better movie. Efforts. It just feels like it has uh, the I, same. I, I
2: understand freakiness. comparing mm-hmm. it to you know a second film difficulties. But I think it is far more watchable and more interesting and has more to do and more to say than either of those movies.
0: All right. Well, at the end of the day, it's really impressive that Ryan Coogler made a movie. I'm going to just take us to the end, folks. Here we go. Uh, you can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. You can email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. Our theme song comes courtesy of Tim McEwen from The Midnight. Check out his new band, Varsity Blue. Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker and YouTuber Kyle Corwith. Our weekly plugs music comes from Noah Ross. This episode was edited by me, David Chen. Next week, it's going to be the menu is going to be what's on tap for the podcast. On the menu. menu. It's going to be on the menu. That's right. (laughs) Uh, So that should be a lot of fun. And of course, like, I can't believe freaking Thanksgiving is next week. But, you know, we will hopefully have some good times with family and friends, some great food. And then we're going to watch the menu and talk about it here on the filmcast next week. So look forward to that. Until then, be well. Goodbye.